Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we got a hot one for you today. Let's get started, shall we? Hello, Leah. Hello. How was your week? Oh, yeah. This is this has been a really busy week because oh, my goodness, you have basically gone back to the office full time, uh-huh. which makes me responsible for drop offs and pickups. Number that's one parent. A, that's a pretty short window of time. It's not a lot you can do between nobody. Like, I mean, I get it. You can't like keep a kid just schooling like an adult would work. Yeah. <laughs> but. The uh, the amount of time you actually have between drop off and pickup is not a lot of time. Yeah, and everybody. Listening I mean, there's to us, aftercare. Yeah, I know. Everybody listening to us is like, "What do you mean? Like, you get like nine o'clock, and then you got lunch, and then you have like three o'clock and pick up the kids." If you factor in like the amount of times you may have meetings, and yes. then you're gonna have to stop and like eat something and that's ideally a, if you have the luxury of working from home too right and, and that's because you're like, talking oh about goodness. like if you had to commute to an office and then that's... go get a child no it's and just be happen. like i'm out see ya i <clears throat> total respect for people that do that incredibly yeah. difficult because i think that you had gone to field craft mm-hmm. and then when you got back yeah it was this crazy work week oh yeah that's right because i flew out on a thursday yeah so that day's gone Yes. I was already, I was going into the office before that. Yes. Then I was gone Friday, gone Saturday, got back Sunday late. And then I've just been going full speed ahead the entire work week. The kids were like, where is daddy? Do I have daddy anymore, <laughs> mommy? So. Man, it's, yeah, it's been crazy. But yeah, thanks again, everybody, for coming on out to the podcast. We have a special announcement. We are so excited. Mm-hmm. This week's episode is sponsored by Alpha Antenna. They're back. They're we back. Love them. Alpha you know Antenna, what? thank you. The geniuses at Alpha Antenna mm-hmm. took a question that was burning in everyone's mind. Every, we, how many even people that weren't hams. Yeah. They were just like, How am I gonna get all these bands? How do we get all these bands? And how many emails do we get where people are like, oh, well, I have this for these bands and I have this antenna for these bands. Oh, yeah. Right. And what's a what's a good antenna for POTA? Right. And you, you know what I mean? Like all of these questions. Like and I may want to set up at home. I'm going to go camping. What do I set up for camping? I'm going to go do a POTA. What do I do for that? I'm going to the beach. What do I do for that? Well. There's a Swiss army knife of antennas. That's right. It's called the hex antenna. The Hextenna is a, either a two-band dipole, and it's a fixed, firm dipole, not like a droopy, wiry one, but one that can be supported on a mast or a tripod Sturdy. using telescoping, telescoping, yes, that's the word now, telescoping <laughs> antenna radiating elements. It can be configured in either a vertical antenna with a counterpoise or with the two elements that would make a dipole. It covers... 40 meters through 2 meters, 220 megahertz, and 440 megahertz. So you're getting 70 centimeters, 1.25 meters, 2 meters, and then all the HF bands down to 40 meters. That's wild. Right. Now, it's adjustable for resonance, meaning 
You don't need to mess around with a tuning device. You don't need to mess around with some kind of a transformer or ballon type system. You're going just basically direct to the radiating elements and you're off and running. So it's 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 oftentimes we talk about telescoping antenna parts and bits yes. because you get like a perfect resonance for the frequency you want to be on and also a very wide portion of the bands for operating. And it makes working parks on the air and soda really nice because it's just you're just getting all that power out there's right. no losses or anything like that all right so i'm excited we're talking about a new antenna yeah what's more leia well the generous people at alpha antenna mm -hmm. shout out to steve yes, thank you steve <laughs> hey is, steve is partnering with the ham radio crash course podcast to do a giveaway mm -hmm. of the mast mount antenna yeah, it's awesome. That's it's valued at uh, four hundred and forty nine dollars. Okay, there is going to be one winner. One winner. And if you head over to the show notes, there will be a link mm -hmm. to the entry form as well as the information on the antenna. Link over to yes. the option to buy if you wanted to. If you didn't want to wait, because the giveaway runs from now until. February 15th um, at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Excellent. So you'll have that amount of time. But in good old HRCC fashion, we'll, we will have a podcast listener drawing secret word. Secret word. So keep listening to the podcast. It's the only way to hear the secret word. And do go to the link in the description, the link that takes you to the Hextena on the form. And if you click right on the top, it says reviews or, or go there for the reviews. There are a number of pictures of actual hams deploying it and talking about the antenna and their use. And they're really, really cool, all the things they're going to talk about there. So check that out. We appreciate Alpha Antenna for sponsoring the show. It really means a lot to us. And that means it's time, Leah, for the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. Today, I want to talk about, again, you know, every time I go traveling, right, I'm always in a situation where I could have brought this thing. There, there's always a compromise, right? I'm, I'm compromising bringing better camera gear for more radio gear, right? That kind of stuff. And what I've started doing, and I've, I've found it to be very helpful for me, I call it full kitting. It's, it's a term that came from Japanese automobile manufacturing. Okay. And it was something that we used at Boeing before I, I left that company. There is a concept that, like, in Japan, when they're about to build a car, they don't build a car or the car until all the parts for that car are kitted and ready. Oh. Meaning, what's the point of building half a car or multiple parts of a full car and then leave them sitting around and just in whatever state of disrepair, parts get lost, things get moved, blah, 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 blah. So I started this concept of full kitting where I have like a bag that is devoted to a radio. And it's likely my most favorite antenna to use with that radio, along with its microphone, a Morse code key, a power cable with an Anderson connector, an Anderson power pole connector, and then likely a USB cable if it does digital or whatnot. So that way, when I grab the radio, and oftentimes, yes, it's the same bag that these live together, but it doesn't always have to be so long as the radio lives in close proximity to the bag, or maybe you, you clip it to the side of the radio or something along those lines. This has helped me a couple of times. Uh, the 705 has lived that way for a while. My okay. 705 that I travel with, it lives in that little hydration pouch. Mm -hmm. And that's what made my activation, I feel, of Lake Utah for Parks on the Air really quick and easy. 
I had everything available to me. I knew everything was at. I was very confident with the equipment. I was able to get it up and running really fast. And I highly recommend it for people who may find themselves in a situation where POTA might happen, a spontaneous POTA when they're on travel, or maybe they just feel a little bit lively after work and there's a parks on the air that they sometimes hit up on the way home. It can turn a random moment or even a planned trip into something that would take much longer having you had to oh I got to go back to the car and grab this little thing or I remember I had a coax adapter here if it's all in one little spot that together then it makes your radio activations like so much easier I've even adopted this thing uh, with like an amplifier that I'm now carrying with me I don't always use the amplifier in fact I, I seldom use it but when I do use it everything is there the jumper cable that I need for coax, the coax connector, the power cord, the aux cable for doing the send keying for triggering the relay on the radio. It all lives in one bag. It's labeled so that I know this is my little mini amp kit. And then I can just grab it and take it along with my radio. If I what decide are you going to use to label things? Uh, sometimes Sharpie, oftentimes Sharpie. Or um, I'll actually make a label. I have a label maker. Mm -hmm. I bought a, it's a Chinese, it's a Nimbot. It's okay. a Chinese label maker that will do – it has an app on your phone that will allow you to change fonts and do all kinds of cool stuff, like almost like you're creating a Canva image for different objects and stuff and different okay. fonts. And I, I use that like a ton. I have high-vis yellow labels that I use on a lot of things, and they work fantastic most of the time. So, Can I make a suggestion? Sure. Love the suggestion. If you have a zippered bag, which mm. I'm assuming it is. Yep. Or, and, yeah, yeah, pretty much always. And you really want, like, maybe you've invested in some waterproof bags or maybe some EMP bags. I don't know. I don't know your stees. But I'm pretty sure you know my stees. <laughs> consider getting a bunch of uh, keychain rings. Oh, interesting. And attaching tags to the keychain rings off the zipper. Yeah, you remember those little keychains that used to have, like, the neon plastic? Yeah. And, the, and they used to have little line, a piece of paper with lines on yeah, it that you absolutely. could see through. So that's kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. You can get one of those or you can get just like a piece of plastic mm -hmm. and then throw your label on that. That way, if you're <gasps> going to swap one bag to another, you mm -hmm. haven't permanently labeled something with Sharpie. This is such a – and now we're definitely going to go past the minute. This is such a really good point. And uh, during the Fieldcraft talk that we did – Evan, the owner of Black Rifle Coffee Company, was mm. the kind of special guest that nobody really knew about. It was the secret guest that turned out to be not so secret when Mike told everybody on the Friday beforehand. Surprise! I'm so, going to surprise you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Evan came out. I had not met Evan, and I haven't really listened to a lot of stuff that he did. Turns out Evan used to, when he was in the military, he was an 18 Echo, which was the Special Forces comms officer. Like, he's the nerd. Special forces ham? He's the special forces comms nerd, commo guy. Nice. And he was talking about his full kitting stuff. So he does the same thing. He kits everything up. But his big thing is, you know, I'm I'm the nerd. I'm the one that's experienced. So I've got to be able to convey what's in a lot of this stuff and how to use it to the people who are only, like, surface-level experienced. Right. So now he's labeling things with contents, full contents. And then when you go inside of it, he has like cards laminated and mm -hmm. 
stuck to the backs of radios, like yeah. how to use the sat phone and all this other yeah, stuff. And I highly I'm like, oh recommend my laminators as well. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm really big into my Amazon. I got an Amazon Basics laminator. It's the the basic B of label makers. I think it was like ten bucks, and I bought uh you know eight by eleven sheets that yes. cover an eight by eleven, and then business card sheets. Yeah, and the business card sheets are are perfect because it's about the size of a business card or a credit card, and you can print out like uh, you know whatever piece of paper cut to the right size, mm -hmm. and then you can just write on it or you can you know print it out with that on there, and then you just you know laminate it. You could use your split rings on that a, a group of those cards together. It's almost like a a mini manual or reference doc, mm -hmm. and then have that in the kit because inevitably all hams listening to me, you know what's in the bag. Right. But it always helps to have a checklist of what's in the bag so that you just know glancing at it like, oh, I don't need the coax adapter. I don't need the USB cable. But then it's probably a good idea is, you know, throw a couple extra cards on there to talk about that one setting that you always forget to turn off and on mm. or you don't for remember how to like program a repeater into the radio. Always a good idea to do that and add that on a card because you know, I get it. We're hams. We never forget anything. We always know how our radio. Yeah, work. every time. That's but why you never have any failed activations ever, because never, of things you forget. Never, ever. never. No. So this is nothing just, to lament. That's right. This is just making the card so that like you could help someone else if they you know, <laughs> if they stumbled upon your your unconscious person and they needed to call for help. Well, then they had a handy little guide that would tell them how to save your life potentially using your radio. I tell the kids this all the time mm -hmm. that they. There is a current that daddy's you. daddy's a weirdo. No. <laughs> there's a current you and there's a future you, mm. right? And the things that you do today, mm -hmm. you want future you to be able to thank you for. Yeah. I, I'm always like, you know what? This is a future Josh problem. <laughs> Kick that down to that guy. Yeah. I, that was always a thing too, and not to not to continue this longer. There was one thing that I was told. I don't remember if it was something I read in a book or it was something that like somebody I work with told me. He's like, always be caution of a leader who tells you, "We'll cross that bridge when we get to it." <laughs> and flying by the seat of your pants. And that is code for we don't have the time to do it right right now. Yeah. So let's half butt our way through it, and uh, we'll figure it out when we get there. Right. So that's literally, that's the epitome of you see the problem. You know the problem that you will have yeah. to deal with. And then you're like, you know, you know what? That's a future Josh problem. Yeah. So, so Poor future Josh. Uh, Josh. Future <laughs> Josh has got is, a lot of things he's on got, his He's plate. got his work uh, cut out for him, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. Leia, would you like to take a test? We are the opposites. I want future Leia to be like, thank you, past Leia. Thank you, past Leia. <laughs> There's so many times where I do that, too. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, my God, I thought about this. in advance. Go me. I'm the best. <laughs> The Thanks, problem, me. the problem I have is that, like, this literally happened to me the other day where you asked me to do just a couple of innocuous things. You were like, take the trash out. And I went, sure. I do that. I know how that's done. I bagged up the trash. I went to the kitchen, pulled the trash can out. It's just leaking. Oh, the no. trash can has like a half inch of disgust in the oh. bottom. So now, now it's the ADHD process of while I'm walking 
with the trash can out the door, a million other problems will happen. <laughs> I get to the front yard, I'm able to dump the trash, but then I realize the hose that I would use normally is in the backyard. Because you made that a future Josh problem. Because I made that a future. So now I'm walking to the backyard to get the hose. I, I stepped in I dog often, poop. I often, I often curse fast Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stepped in dog poop. So now I have a shoe problem to go along with my hose problem that I'm trying to solve. So I'm walking. So I'm now hooking the, now I'm using the hose in the backyard to clean the poop off because I don't want to track it across the concrete. Right. Now I'm carrying the hose to the front yard just to empty the trash can. But now I'm like, well, what do I do with the trash bag? Because I already pulled the trash bag out that I'm yeah. going to put in the in the in the supposedly clean trash can. But I can't just bring it back inside because it's still wet and it's you know draining. Yeah. And who, mind you, who would clean would dry off a trash can? We I let would. nature do that. No, I that's a future that. Josh no, problem. No, we put it in the front yard to dry <laughs> off, like soaking the dishes. They need eight hours. Why do you do that? So now I'm back inside and I'm like, I got to hang this trash can up. Trash bag, sorry. Yeah. So I'm hanging it off of a cupboard. <laughs> and mind you, all of this is going on, and I'm thinking, I got to get back to working on my, like, boondock echo video that I've been working <laughs> on. So I inevitably forget, like, five things between there and the 18 steps that yeah, I had to do. And you tracked poop in the house. <laughs> and, I, and I had the wrong shoe on that I cleaned. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. But, yeah, that, that's an example of, of just a couple of things that can happen. Yeah. To me at any moment. <laughs> because past Josh was a jerk to you. Right. And and inevitably things like... Uh, so you decide you're going to punch down on future Josh. <laughs> can't let him... I can't <laughs> let future Josh get away with what past Josh <laughs> gave to me. It's a, it's a cycle of bullying that I am now committing to myself is what's happening here. How dare he... Do that. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible cycle. It's horrible. <laughs> anyway, it's time for your test. Right. It's time for you to learn something. All learn right. you up some radios. I am, I am on sub element G three of the general test, in which I have decided I will be taking the test. Uh, apparently, it's already marked on the VE's calendar. <laughs> So yeah, got, they probably have like I a got monthly a notice that you're. I know I got a message uh -huh. that it's on the calendar. Leia's taking her general. Thank mm -hmm. you so much, Mike. Very much appreciate. So the Ham Radio Clubhouse has picked a new slogan for this year, and it's extra by Easter. Oh, so then I jokingly said, "So is our slogan going to be do it for the Lords?" because <laughs> if anybody's been following the youtube you know cycle dx commander as a gift like a christmas gift to many of us like jason hammerdew 2.0 got it hayden got it oh uh, that's right i'm supposed to refer to you I'm a as lord. my lord as yes of course yes <laughs> i'm a landowner in scotland now, <laughs> along with mike hayden mrd and and some other folks too so i i'm, I'm sure I'm can forgetting. we have a tartan now <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> finally I think so. We, we the so kids are going to take up bagpipes. So do it for the lords. Yes. <laughs> Ham radio by or uh, extra by Easter. All right. Well, the first question reads: How can a geomagnetic storm affect HF propagation? A improve high latitude HF propagation. B improve ground wave propagation. C degrade ground wave propagation. Or D degrade high latitude hf propagation <laughs> did she get all that the answer is d degrade high latitude hf propagation she's shaking her and head no. good for pod <laughs> yeah <laughs>
How can a high geomagnetic activity benefit radio communication? A, reduce long delayed echoes. B, improve HF long path propagation. C, create auroras that can reflect VHF signals. Or D, increases signal strength for HF signals passing through the polar regions. Mm. The answer is C, creates auroras that can reflect VHF signals. And I did yes. get that right. Very good. There's a term that kids like that it's a meme. It's like, why is it spicy? That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like <just> spicy RF. <laughs> what causes HF propagation continues to vary periodically in a 26 to 28 day cycle? A, cyclic variation in the Earth's radiation belts. B, rotation of the sun's surface layers around its axis. C, long-term oscillations in the upper <laughs> atmosphere. Or D, the position the position of the moon in its orbit. Oh man, they're getting you. The answer is B, rotation of the sun's surface layers around its axis. Mm. And that should be just the way that I reasoned that out was that it's the sun. It's always the sun. It's the sun. <laughs> it's the, the sun really is the made. best and the worst of our radio yeah. hobby, really. <laughs> How long does it take? I don't. Why do I keep getting this question? They really want you to learn it. How long does uh, it take a coronal mass ejection to affect radio propagation on Earth? A, four to eight minutes. B, 15 hours to several days. C, 14 days. Or D, 28 days. Oh, because it's a different question. Because it's a different question. The the answer is B, 15 hours to several days. Yes. I was waiting for that one to come up. You were so confident the last one. It's moving at the speed of light. It's moving at the speed so fast. Okay. It takes charged particles Mm -hmm. from coronal mass ejections. Shout out to uh, Tamitha Scove. About 20 to 40 hours to travel to Earth and then affect radio propagation. That is correct. Wow, I've been really reading her forecasts all wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, because you've been drunk. You're doing the uh, the drinking game with Tamitha Scove. Remind me what she that said, is. Anytime, oh, so when Amanda is there and yes. she's running the drinking game, anytime Tamitha does anything funny or interesting, she goes, drink. What? There's no rules. It's uh, her whole thing is interesting. There's a lot of like bang, bam, and whoosh, and, <laughs> and anytime she says propagation, you drink. It's like oh my god, coronal she's, mass ejection. Drink. She's not even on for that long though. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, she covers a lot of content. L- long enough to get some real uh, hot bangers out there. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. All right. What is the K index measure? Mm-hmm. A, the short-term stability of the sun's magnetic field. B, the short-term stability of the Earth's geomagnetic field. C, the solar radio flux at Boulder, Colorado. Mm. Shout out to Boulder. What's up, Boulder? D, the relative position of sunspots on the surface of the sun. And the answer is B, the short-term stability of the Earth's geomagnetic field. So it's not always the sun. The answer is not always the one that includes the sun. Correct. Yeah. So I got that right, though. Good. What does the A index measure? (laughs) Could it be? A, the relative position of sunspots on the surface of the sun. B, the long-term stability of the Earth's geomagnetic field. Can't be that. C, the amount of polarization of the sun's electric field. Or D, the solar 
radio flux at Boulder, Colorado. Interesting. Uh, now you got your second guessing yourself. How is it that again? <laughs> how can there be two indexes? What? What was the last question? Oh, the K index is a short-term stability. Yeah. And the A index is the long-term stability. Oh, you know what? I'm done with this. Just... That was your fifth question. Anyway. I know. <laughs> did you? Oh, you, you didn't get that right then. Because... No, I didn't because I was like, oh, we already did a stability of the Earth's geomagnetic Why would you want to know if it's like how it's feeling? <laughs> How's the Earth vibing right now? There's already an index. It's the K. And don't you like it that uh, one is the first letter of the alphabet, but that's the long-term stability? Why are they so far apart? <laughs> like, it was like, I'm sure there's oh, a you know, uh, we cared about the long-term stability, but many letters later of the index. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Tamitha, if she's listening, is like, I totally explained this to you on the interview you did with me. That's not how she sounds. That was just no. her yeah, internal monologue voice being upsetty. Upsetting spaghetti. Make sure you go check out that interview I did with Tamitha Scove as well. I think it was one of my best interviews Space of all time. Weather not woman. because of me. It was totally because of Tamitha. That was I was riveted from the moment I started my live stream to the end. I was like, man, this is this is amazing. So much good information. It's fantastic. All right, join the conversation by. Oh, you know what? No, that's not right at all. I have to say a big thank you to hamstudy.org. If you want to study <laughs> along with Leia, go use hamstudy.org. It's a free website to take practice exams. And if you do a lot of them, it'll tell you exactly where you're not the best at, what you can improve on, and it will guide you to the ham radio you, knowledge you need to pass your exam. I have to also make a note that hamstudy is fantastic in that it is on all platforms. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is something that I'm finding exceedingly rare yeah. in the world of apps mm -hmm. that they're they don't have a web based yeah. platform that goes with it. Or if you for some odd reason may have an Android tablet mm -hmm. but uh an iPhone or vice versa, mm -hmm. that you may not have cross platform access to what you're trying to use. Oh yeah. But Hamstudy is on all of it. And if mm -hmm. you create your account, it saves your progress across all of your devices. Yeah. The reality for me, though, is once I was using it on the fax machine and I needed to do a page refresh and it just refaxed me the whole thing. Oh, that was a, a yeah. lesson learned, really. So, well, you know, I mean, that's that's not when their you do fault. that with homing pigeons. It's like that's pretty. Difficult. Yeah, that's a lot of feed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so again, those are that's and they those, need a rest. Those are logistical issues. Yeah. That's not a ham radio. You know, <laughs> that's, not, that's not a ham study problem. Right. We also really like the Gordon West test prep books that are going to be published by the ARRL. We have links in the description for Amazon. Uh, when things change over, we'll make sure we update them. But make sure you get his books. They're amazing. They're how I got my technician license. So check those out. We also really like the Fast Track to Your Ham Radio license books that are available on Audible. Links for all of that will be in the show notes. Thank you for checking that out. Now that means it's time to join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. It's not good to clap on the podcast. And, I'm always excited or about this. emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. Well then, Leah, I think you will be very excited because we <gasps> did get a review from Yay! one... Adam, KJ5DG. 
J-Y. Hey, Adam. And they write, the best podcast that have ever existed. Wow. I wow. I love the HRCC podcast. Josh and Leah are the best. I oh, always look you. forward to the next episode. Listening to them is entertaining and informative. Oh. It feels like I'm hanging out with good friends. It is ham heaven for your ear holes. Oh, thank you. That is very nice of you to say that, and we very much appreciate it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, go. for I shall ready? fear no Let's man go. or beast. One go. foot after on. the other, for go. I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Mm, indeed. All right. This That's week, something to prep for, being allergic to bees. Yeah. I mean, stay away from them, you know? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a hell of a time to figure out if you're allergic to bees. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do those scratch tests now. Where you scratch a bee? Yeah, I heard this. <laughs> I heard you find out real fast if you scratch a bee on yourself. No, you can go to a doctor and get an allergy test. And done. they scratch the bee on you? <laughs> you need a professional to do this. Well, so they can quickly treat the anaphylaxis. I was glad I was here. You're very allergic to bees. <laughs> Me being a doctor and all. So this week I want to talk about Earthquake Watch. Mm. But I, I want to take a quick detour. Oh, man. I got a story about earthquakes. Holy smokes. Okay. So there is a page called Southern California Weather Force. Okay. Wow. And it issued an earthquake watch. The justification was that uh, they basically say between now and February 8th, prepare for the chance of a stronger earthquake occurring along the San Andreas or San Jacinto Fault. Obviously question, why are the weather weather people talking about this, Leah? Well, this is where I'm I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe I have become somewhat acclimated to the concepts of people being experts in certain areas as hobbyists. Okay. Right. And I think we've seen a really impressive rise of people who may not have made their careers in the traditional or institutional areas of certain things. Mm-hmm but have, because of things like YouTube, mm-hmm. been able to really flesh out their interest and expertise in a hobby. Without being barred up in a college and degree and all that stuff. Right. You're talking about people that are just, they're doing the thing. A good example is, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched any videos, it's Veritasium. Uh, have you ever uh, heard of that channel? It's really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really reliable, good. Herzogzog. Yeah. <laughs> Veritasium? Are you going to hit me with that? <laughs> but that's a really good example of somebody who is not necessarily traditionally trained and working in the field of the sciences and physics. I mean, are are you sure they're not classically trained? Oh, I'm not sure. Okay. But so they're not at a university. They're not... They're not doing some kind of official research work. They're teaching science via yes, YouTube. Right, okay. right. You, you didn't want to mention Roper or anything? Mark Rober? Ro- is that what it is? Rober? Is Rober. It? It's not Mr. Roper. It's Mr. Roper okay. for Grease Company. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can't you he was science? really good at landlording. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Let me teach you about raising the rent. 
I mean, Mark uh, Mark Rober is uh, he was also classically trained to work for JPL. Yeah, yeah, he he took his career and then went. He and went he realized. YouTube. You know those videos I made make way more money than I'm making as an engineer. I should just do that more. And then just snowballed that into crunch labs. I'm tired of not wearing a hat all the time. (laughs) So anyways, and then you have people like Tamitha Scove, Space Weather Woman. I mean, she's also classically trained, of course. But so you're saying it's the democratization of access to an audience more than anything, really. But that makes it such a slippery slope Mm -hmm. for information like in terms of a deluge if you will because then you're having to verify the qualifications of somebody before you're taking into account what they're saying and all this to say that's a scary statement to make that um well let me let me get to okay so (laughs) i know there's a point coming somewhere but you should always have a healthy skepticism about everything you can sure of course of course okay but I had shared mm-hmm. locally the earthquake watch, not because I full on believe that you can predict earthquakes. Y- you can't. Uh, I know. I believe they've gotten better at that. You can. But but not like, l- let's just say. Not days out. Yeah. They, they don't. My dog's barking a lot. Because then There's you would. earthquake weather. I smell it. Right. <laughs> better than that. Okay. But. I had shared this and somebody goes, oh, that page looks like it was made by a 12-year-old. Pass. Right? Okay. And I thought that that was so interesting, especially... You were obviously not a ham radio Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like... Tell me... uh, Let me tell you about this GeoCities page. Tell me you're not a ham radio operator. (laughs) Without telling me you're not a ham radio operator. But I guess that brings all of this back around to my point where... How far do you trust mm-hmm. information? And when somebody gives me a notification of like a potential emergency that's coming, mm-hmm. I just, uh, whether I believe the source or not, mm-hmm. I will still just go prepare like for that thing. Because us doing that is like nothing really out of the day. It's not me trying to clean up my 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 poop shoe. <laughs> it's like I should take some cans out of the... Sure. Yeah. 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 Perhaps just... bring them out and maybe have a candle or two on hand and a and a lantern or something. So I don't ever have the attitude that, oh, that's a crazy person telling me. It, it, I'm saying for like a natural disaster, not like the world is ending. <laughs> Get to your bunker, kind of right. warning. Yeah. Of somebody holding a billboard on the street. That's not what I'm talking about. The end is nigh. But if I'm if I see a post come pass my way and it's like, oh, well, you know, we're at risk of this. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, okay, well, what can I do to prepare for that? And Mm -hmm. it's no it's no bother to me. Right. Right. Versus going to verify the source and then going, I don't like the look of that website or that. And I think what the person was. So you're you're saying for purely non-scientific reasons, we have discounted this information. On aesthetics. Right, right. Or, and this, I'm going to bring this back to the hobby thing, because the person who has this Facebook page also uh, interacts with their audience. Like, it's not purely just weather or natural disasters. Like, he'll include, he or she, I guess, will include, like, pictures of their cat every once in a while. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But... 
So this is definitely not someone who has like taken it mainstream, if you will. Right. But to me, that doesn't necessarily take away from their their expertise. Mm -hmm. It just means they're not good at social media. Right. (laughs) Their their Spartan decor for their website doesn't mean that the information is any less valuable. It just means that they don't care that much to gussy up their page. Exactly. Yeah, sure. I, or, okay, I'm, or, I'm totally with you. Or don't care enough to be like, this can only be this. And I'm not talking about this may be their only social media. It's the only reason they got on social media. Right. And they have no like, they're not trying to brand it or, right. you know, get their Google ad search, mm-hmm. you know, updated or anything like that. They're just they're just doing it because they like it. If anything, that might make me more confident about the information. Really? It might give me a nudge because, I mean, if they're not doing if, if it's not like loaded with ads, like go sure. buy this. You got to invest in silver. The end is coming. The big right. earthquake is really, right. You know, the, it doesn't feel like they have a pull of a third party or something that, you know, that that's taking away from the sure. purity of the message. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that is my that disaster information detour. Okay. Like in terms of the source, I me personally, I don't care that much about the source of the information to mm-hmm. me it's just a reminder go go check that you're ready for this sure so but this is the forecast for all of our california hams or people who just like the schadenfreude of us being afraid about a natural disaster okay <laughs> okay so uh this website basically says that we had a 4.2 uh, at the junction point of San Andreas and San Jacinto on January 5th. Okay. Then another one uh, kind of around the same location on January 24th. Okay. I'm not feeling any of these earthquakes. I know that they must be happening because everything blows up on all of the neighborhood pages when there's uh-huh. an earthquake. Well, the junction point of San Jacinto is not by our house. Sure, but it's al- it's along the fault lines is what they're saying. Sure. So I think the idea, if anybody isn't aware, the reason we have earthquakes is because the plate, plate tectonics, the plates right. are either overlapping each other or they're, they're constantly moving or they're button up against each other, sliding up and down. And that movement along the fault line, particularly where two faults meet, could, I guess, indicate that the pressure of that junction might be then shifted down the fault to make room and space. I feel like you're very well-versed in earthquakes because you grew up in Whittier and there was probably a a much larger uh, curiosity about it for you when the rocks fell out of your your childhood home. When you have a rock slide in your home (laughs) because of an earthquake, you you start becoming interested in the thing that almost killed you. So I'm going to run this information by you and you tell me what you think about And I am no expert, but sure. All right. At current time, no aftershocks have been recorded. This means this could be a foreshock or a shock before the main shock. You can think of it as holding onto a ledge. A finger slips and you get a jolt. You still have the rest of your hand left before you finally let go and slip completely. I mean, the analogy is fine, but okay. If there was a four, if this was a foreshock, we have a short period of time to see the main shock. A larger quake on the San Andreas or San Jacinto Fault will rip northwestward through the Inland Empire and high desert zones, Los Angeles, San Gabriel Valley, or is that Santa Clarita Valley? Okay. Oh, SCV. Yeah. Antelope Valley and Kern County along the Ventura zones. Right. So the north of the, so in the valley. 
Should it break the entire fault southward, you have Big Bear, Banning, Coachella Valley, and Imperial Valley. Okay. Yeah. You think that's a fair assessment? Well, assuming that he's saying like, why is why is Orange County shielded from all of this? It's a different fault. I mean, if you, yeah. well, if we looked at a map, you could see like literally what he's saying. If you think about the way where Big Bear Big Bear is, where my dad's at, where we were at in Palm Springs, that's yeah. the Jacinto area, mm-hmm. and then up through the valley. Well, you've got that whole San Gabriel mm-hmm. area, and we're on the southwest side of that yeah so it would be going north of that and into the the northern valley above sure. la right that that's the comedy's making so i guess it's right if he's talking about a foreshock right so if everything's at a static state right there's just pressure on the plates if there's a, a pressure piece that that moves something on one side that pressure now moves either up into another fault line or down into another fault line right so it, it depends on where the pressure move to if you will so do do you want to know his credentials sure he refers to himself as a master general meteorologist okay uh he is an uh, the owner and ceo of scwf the this what this page is for Mm -hmm. Uh, a consulting meteorologist with over 26 years of experience for over 50 companies interesting yes so well i mean he doesn't mention what he's actually doing for those companies well he has certifications in meteorology i mean so when someone says forca- I'm a- meteorology forecasting certifications okay too. so not a uh, balloon animal consultations right. right i mean but that's if you don't say that right he didn't put that in the sentence sure he said that he's been a consultant so when he said experience for over 50 companies do you know the first company i thought of was waffle house <laughs> that's if he would just put he's on in the disaster there, response team if he would just put it, that would be all. Oh, he'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy. it's like he knows exactly what he's talking about. Definitely earthquake coming. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so the the earthquake story that I I alluded to in the beginning of this, Mike Glover was talking about earthquakes, and I was like, am I in California right now? <laughs> so people in the Utah Valley are actually very very interested in earthquakes because they do have earthquakes and they have the Great Salt Lake, right? Right. And if there was a big enough earthquake on their fault line, it could move the lake. It could cause massive flooding into areas like Provo and Orem and cause a big problem. So they're actually very tunely listening and monitoring stuff like this and being prepared for it, too. It It was really fascinating. I was like, whoa, I didn't realize that, you know, so many people were worried about earthquakes outside of California and whatnot. But, yeah, they're very, very attuned to that. Moving a lake seems like a big deal. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's a big lake. The Great Salt Lake is massive. I mean, massive, out here massive. you might be moving some palm trees, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, we have, yeah. There's 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 problems if we had sure. a big earthquake, another sure. big earthquake. But all right, so that's this week's preparedness corner. Well, very good, Leah. That means it's time. Hey, Ma! the meatloaf. We want it now. The meatloaf. Plus, it's not a man purse. It's called a satchel. Indiana Jones wears one. Inconceivable! And now, our feature presentation. I think Leia was lamenting a little bit yesterday, (laughs) creating the HRCC Movie Club. Because usually when we finish an episode of the podcast, we talk about the next movie, and then we watch it that weekend. 
Right. But I was in Utah. So we so had we, to fit it in during the week. And we fit it in and not a great day. We still yes. watched it. I still enjoyed it. So I, this week's movie was The Birds. The Birds. And from the Alfred, Master of Suspense. It, yes. Alfred Hitchcock. Oh boy. <sighs> so many things to talk about on this movie. I. Okay. First, it, this movie used to be in black and white. Yes. Okay. It is now remastered. The version we watched anyway. The version it's, we watched. You can still get the black and white version if you'd like. I loved the aesthetics of this movie. When you see it in color, you like, oh, that was the style at the time. The color choices. So many interesting things. The dress, the apparel. All of that was fascinating. I, I love 1950s, 1960s, mid-century stuff. Mm -hmm. So I I was in. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, uh, who is it? Tippi Hendren, her, her character. Great. My favorite Just, character in the whole movie. So delightful. So Rod confident. Taylor. You know that her backstory. I do now after right. after pulling up, did they use real birds? How many real birds did they use <laughs> in the birds? And I was accosted by the backstory of her as a human being. And it is a harrowing tale. It does not make Alfred Hitchcock no. look like a good person at all. No. But she was originally on some soda billboard. And, and he, he was, was like, like I it. want her. That's the one. And that was back when movie houses would basically contract the actors. Yeah. And they were they could not work with any other movie house but that one. And he contracted her for like seven years. That I, that's and brutal. basically it and was actresses started later. I think than than they did now. So by the time seven years was up, I think she was in her forties. Yeah, I mean she looked amazing. She yeah. looked great. But basically, he did that because he was like infatuated her from moment infatuated in her from like with moment her. with her from moment <laughs> one. Like he was just all about this woman, and he was going to do everything he could yeah. to manipulate and control her life. Yeah. And uh, he definitely attempted to. So they used 25,000 live birds. And what makes this even funnier, well, funny in a in a not ha-ha way, but, you know, that's ridiculous way. <laughs> when you when you have this many wild birds around and birds do what birds do and just fly away. Right. They kept them drunk. <laughs> <laughs> they gave them feed that was laced with whiskey. So that they could do their shots with drunk birds. So anybody who's not already familiar with the classic, The Birds. The Birds. It is a localized natural disaster mm -hmm. in which the birds are turning on the humans. The birds go crazy. What is an, a seemingly organized fashion? And multiple species. Species of yes, birds. Which is your concern. That was my concern. Yes. <laughs> when you have species of birds yes. working together for the same cause. Now, it's not the number of birds. It is absolutely in this, in case, this case the number of birds. It is definitely the number of birds. This movie harkens back to a different time of movie making where things took, they feel like they took a long time to get to where they're going. Sure. There is a lot of buildup in this movie. A lot of buildup. And the a master lot. of suspense, too. A, yeah, a lot of character character development. A lot of internal character drama. And Leia, you made a really good point of this was definitely in a time where people didn't have to say a lot to convey a message. 
and movie makers felt that the the message in their art was conveyed in the scene that they made. There was a lot of dialogue that I feel in modern day would have fully been articulated. Right. In speech. Exactly. They would have used the words. Right. Versus leaving these awkward silences for you to feel the awkwardness of that moment. It, and in particular, you're referencing a scene where the main character brings uh, tea to the mother mm-hmm. and or the mother of the, the man, the main lead, the male lead. And I don't feel like it's awkward. I feel like it's just she, the, the mom went through a very bad situation and everybody's just kind of being real a little bit. Yeah. Like when you go through when everyone's experiencing like a medical emergency, nobody's really chatty Kathy. Right. Some people might be like maybe that's how they cope with with an emergency. But it feels like she's the main character is just listening to the mother. Yeah. Just letting the letting her just go. Right. Because there's no throughout the entire movie. The main character is a very strong, very confident woman. She does what she likes. And somewhat mischievous. And somewhat mischievous. And in this moment, she's just being, I think, a, a human being that's listening to this woman kind of just go through it. Because she's she's yeah. literally going through it. That being said, there's this is not a complicated plot of a movie. <laughs> no, we will. And I think the scores are going to be very low in this movie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but it's also still a very good watch. Like, if you haven't seen this movie, you should see it. It's it's something that I have watched my entire childhood. My my grandfather was a massive Alfred Hitchcock fan mm. and a huge fan of the Twilight Zone. And these are all Same. just like not my grandfather, me deeply, you know, of that generation. Yeah. Right. It, it is going to feel almost culture shocky, though, when you watch it. You're like, where are we going with this? And like, keep in mind, happening? this whole movie takes place over the course of a weekend. Yeah. And it feels like you were there for the weekend. Yeah, it really does. Uh, you feel the passage of time, even though it's it's one hour and fifty nine minutes. Yeah, there's it's a, it's not it's not a long one. It's it's not long. It's, it's not by just, modern standards anyway. It's paced in a in a style that was of the past, right? And I grew up on bad sci fi movies and bad monster movies, where half of the movie would be a bunch of dudes in lab coats and some people dressed up as army generals just having expose at each other for like half of the movie and then there'd be a giant ant (laughs) because back then making movies was incredibly expensive right right so lots of exposition lots of talking lots of dialogue and a lot of not anything happening right yes this is actually if you think about it this is the Marvel movie of that time. <laughs> it's crazy to think in that sense. Things are flying it, through the air. It, they, they literally an had attack. They had a practical effect when she's driving in her little roadster and she's taking turns and they're trying to show that she's kind of driving quickly. Yeah. They have lovebirds that they've made animatronic lovebirds that rotate with the curve of her turning. <laughs> Such special effects. And I saw that part and I actually rolled it back. I rewinded it, which is one of our rules is we don't rewind. Yes. Leia does not like that. I don't care. She does not like that. Um, I'm assuming because she knows I'll just go back to really good scenes that I want to see again to figure out how they did it. It's long enough. But I was like, (laughs) that is hilarious. Like there is so it was uh, the rumor was it was two hundred thousand dollars in that money was spent on animatronic birds. Yes. And then they realized they didn't look as good as just 
hiring random dudes to steal <laughs> wild birds and get them drunk. That was the better solution, which just also cracks me up to no, to no end. So after Tippi Hendren basically rejected Alfred Hitchcock, he was vengeful. Yeah. And it's alleged that he didn't make any effort to keep Tippi Hendren safe after this mm -hmm. and went as far as to, in certain scenes, tie the birds to Tippi to Hendren. Her. Drunk birds. So that they would relentlessly continue to attack her, regardless mm -hmm. of the amount of injury it would cause. I don't remember the species of bird that was attacking her, but they did note that the, the gulls were the most violent and aggressive. And I believe it's all gulls at the end that she's dealing with. Possibly. Yeah. You know what it's he did? Gulls and ravens. You know what he did? He, uh, he also dialed And M. swallows. He also dialed M for murder on her career. Yeah, that's true. All right, so let's get into the rankings. Yes. Probability of disaster. I called it likelihood. Uh, why are we, why do uh, we not have the same? Okay, well, why aren't we working off the same show notes? I don't know, because I have my own, I've got Apple Notes. Why don't you get on board with, you're using an iPad. Because I don't want to have to go back and adjust it for the show notes. Oh, I see. Okay, fine. Okay, so likelihood, one. One. Likelihood yeah. of disaster is one. A like, bunch of birds, birds. turning uh, organized in organized fashion, a large enough amount to destroy a ceiling in a house. Yeah, that was that was the last or a roof. The last the major. Scene. I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, they just pecked their way right through the roof. Also, it was very confusing to me why the birds knew where doors were, <laughs> like they were. You know how uh, uh, one of the birds ended up hitting the school teacher's door? Mm -hmm. Like, why would it go for the door instead well, of another part of the wall? How how would the door look different? We, we know it? this uh, because of the highly historically accurate film Jurassic Park <laughs> and birds being raptors. Yes. We know that raptors know how to operate doors. Well, the birds didn't know how to operate the doors. <laughs> So that's some knowledge loss. Okay, preparedness. This is a one. one. The people in this town were insane. There are birds outside attacking people. And they're like, we are we inside right now. <laughs> what should we do? We need to go all go outside. Outside, all of us, all, all at, at the once. same time. And then, let like, us. <laughs> yes, so bad. They're... And immediately start smoking. We need to, yeah. everyone's smoking. We need to immediately start lighting cigarettes immediately and then throwing it into open piles of fuel. It so was great. The male lead is Rod Taylor, and he seems to be a pretty capable man. Yeah, he's definitely, things, definitely right? capable. And I would have maybe given him a little bit more in terms of preparedness, mm -hmm. except for the fact that there is a scene in which um, um, so a gas station worker is filling up somebody's car. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the birds start attacking him. The, he backs that, up. Yeah. yeah. And he knocks his head on the gas pump, mm -hmm. passes out, mm -hmm. nozzles running. The no nozzles back then, no auto off. Right. And they're all gas, no brakes. He runs out Literally. there with like a bunch of other people, right? Like, oh, not a bunch. Like okay, dudes like four. run out not to help that guy. Not one of them no picks, one picks up, up the nozzle. nozzle. The no gas one. then travels down. Like a, like a quarter mile away. Towards the building that everybody is in. Right. Okay, that for some reason they decide to vacate, right? And then a guy, uh, while the bird well, attack they all is happening, vacated. Then they come back when they realize, oh, birds be outside. But 
a guy decides to park while the bird attacks are happening, get out of his car. He's living life. Yeah. Uh, just oblivious to what's happening and decides he's going to light up a cigar or a cigarette yeah. with at that time his matches. Right. And the assumption is he's going to drop it on the floor. He, he burned himself with the match. That's why he did the whole hand thing. Yeah. Drops it, blows himself up. Immediately, yes, the car immediately blows up. Everything's blowing up. The the gas travels back up to the gas pump, mm-hmm. blows the gas pump. So up. There, there's literally a, a river of fire going through the main street. Yes. And Tippy Hedren goes, "I need to use the payphone." Why, why did she leave the bill? Why did any of them leave? So the she building? immediately goes, "I gotta get into that glass box yes. so bad right now." The, the whole thing is asinine. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. Because earlier in the movie, yeah. they're at a child's party. And all of those people have the good sense to know like, we are inside. outside. Yeah. Let's get inside. For some reason, you go into the Let's town go to full of adults. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they see the birds outside and they're like, got to get out there. I, I, I immediately, <laughs> immediately have to get out there. It is it, it's it's such a it, it is a good movie. As long as you're framing it in this whole, it is a timepiece. It is a time capsule of the way that people did movies back then. And I am going to adhere mm-hmm. to a a time period related ranking. Mm-hmm. Even at that time, this is stupid. Okay. <laughs> if I put myself All right. in the shoes of someone in the 50s. And you're telling me in yeah. this remote town, yeah. right? Bodega yeah. Bay at this point is everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And you're showing up to people's houses and opening unlocked doors to enter without permission. Oh, yeah. That's not a problem. That's just everyone's just being in everybody's houses. And if you're looking at it from that perspective, not one of them has a ham radio. Or a shotgun with birdshot. Like a I dude, don't understand. A dude with with like 250 rounds of of shotgun ammo, birdshot, starts pumping it into these huge flocks of birds. Particularly the crows, they're not gonna be like, let's mess with this guy some more. Right. I just no one had a shotgun. No one. They have to. I think there's a radio in the car, like an AM/FM radio. There's also one in the uh, in the house. But the they don't house. even touch that until nearly the. Well, they do. No, they they do. But even then, the news stories like, oh, sporadic information. There was a bird attack. But that whole town, realistically, yeah, would have had hams in it especially that time period uh, in that time period i would i would be surprised if there wasn't someone that had an absolutely HF rig or something uh, like that that rod taylor's character would have a ham radio he he did seem like the type he seemed yes. very handy and very he capable. was in his childhood home mm-hmm. his dad didn't have a ham radio like i don't know man yeah, don't i'm know. just saying that's real realism one just oh wait wait, wait. preparedness was one you haven't yes. got to realism yet. No. Okay. Now we're on realistic. Okay. Now realism. Okay. Hit me. Hear me out on this. Okay. In a real. Okay. How I look at realism is like let's forget is it realistic. No. the The realism for me is the question of if this happened, sure. how would the humans react? One. So nobody in their right mind goes outside. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. But I'm also willing to give this a two for the reason that everyone just kind of distrusted that the birds were attacking so much so that there was the old woman that was poo-pooing the whole idea well she was an ornithologist and even though tippy hedron was like i literally got attacked by a bird she's like 
poppycock. You know, like and I think that is a re- of her as an outsider. Yeah, I think that was realistic. That a lot of the way the people reacted right. to it was real in the sense that I'll give it, I'll give it a point. Okay, well, two points is what you're saying. Two out of five. All right. Uh, characters loved them. I, I, I would the, give a. I loved it. I would give a four. Uh, that's exactly what I gave. I I, I love. I, I cannot tell you from the beginning. I loved the main character. I think she's fantastic. Yes. Tippy. I don't even remember her name in the movie. Tippy Hedren's great. Yes. I, I would watch. I, I need to figure out if there's anything else good that she was in and go watch it. Probably not. If well, Alfred I, Hitchcock had anything to do with it. I don't know, man. She's really good. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Everybody that's like, I'm a fan of old movies and I'm disgusted. I'm like, uh, dude, just I just help me I out. really Send do me. like movies from this period because they're so wholesome. You know, I this is essentially a horror movie. Like she's she's got to me. She's got like hep- Moxie. She's got Hepburn vibes without being like meek. She's not timid. No, neither is Hepburn. No, the 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 younger. Not Audrey. Audrey's she's fine. But like Breakfast at Tiffany's, she's she's too mousy. What? Oh yeah, she's super Are nut. you watching the same movie? Yeah, you got to go back to rewatch and... all she, of these she, again. She she's she's like, okay, hear me out. Oh, she's not competent. Co- there it is. There it is. She's Tippy Hedren in this movie's like she's competent. Run a, you run an outboard. And she's like who can't? <laughs> she just hops in a boat and just goes there. And and your care watching her, you think that simultaneously she either has operated a boat or she hasn't, and she's doing it purely on confidence. Yeah, and just rocking it. Yeah, and you're like I could go either way. Yeah, she was great. I mean, <laughs> all right. So for characters, I made them I made a four, four out of five. Totally, totally right. Okay, so for plot line, plot weak, uh, birds attack. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting plot because you're kind of wondering what is you the motivation th- through all, like, why is she doing all this? You think that it's the beginning of a love story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it devolves into subtle, a horror there's film. There's subtle, subtle birdness. Yeah. And, and I think the, like, first strike on her, it's like half of the movie. You're you're an hour in at that point. You're like, what is happening? <laughs> like you're you're go. She's a prankster. She did all this stuff, and then you're like, okay, I can understand how like as a socialite, she's got time on her hands and she'll just do frivolous things. And this is frivolous. Like she's gonna drive sixty miles outside of San Francisco to Bodega Bay to deliver birds on a joke. Yes, like I can see that. But then it all just starts backfiring on her. Right. And you and, don't know if the birds are attacking Bodega Bay because of her. But what's funny is if you think of it as it starts out as a love story, which yes. it ends up becoming a love story. But which at is any time, really too fast and loose for the time. A little bit. Yeah. She starts kissing the guy like day one or day two. But what's funny about it is at multiple points throughout the movie, there are moments where she's asked or says, I'm going to go. Yes. But she doesn't go because she starts falling in love with the guy. Is that why? Yes. That's, That's why what? she gets the room at, is it Anna? the, the, the Annie. Te- Annie, the teacher's house? Because she's going to stay for the kid's birthday party. But the reason she's staying is because she she was asked by the, the, the lead. It, it's it, it's crazy. So if you think of like Hitchcock and like the depths of what he made, right? There, It's a very simple plot. But there's multiple layers of character drama to it. Sure. Because you pointed out multiple times. She's like, this is day three. This is the same outfit. 
Yeah. There's so many parts of this where it, it's like it jumps out at you and, and then you have to ask yourself, did he, Hitchcock or someone, actually think about that? And I think he did. I think that was yeah, intentional. Yeah, that's continuity. So, like, this is why so many people have high regards for Hitchcock, because he's he's like a revolutionary director. Right. Like, he's, he's like a Tarantino of the time, if you will. Sure. He took what was very flat, squared off shots. He tilted the cameras, put them in weird positions. The shot angles that he chose for a lot of things. I'm pretty it, sure there was a miniature town, too. Maybe. It, it's, yeah, it's so interesting and so well done. Um. It's just of that time. Yeah. So if you like that kind of stuff, I think I think you'd like it. But what are you so gonna plot, call it? What'd you get for plot three? I was gonna give it a three. That's what I gave it. Okay. Entertainment value, the big one. Entertainment value, the most subjective of all of this. How entertained were you? I was a four. I also went four. Because I, I actually was engaged. It built up and those the, characters. Yeah. I was engaged in all of them. I love the aesthetic. I like the drama with the mom. And but I like the drama with the mom and I didn't hate her. Yeah. She like she if was you sympathetic. Would, if you would see a character like that I, mom in today's vi- movies, they'd make you not like her. <clears throat> she was sympathetic, but also a little kooky. See, the the takeaway I have from that movie mm-hmm. is actually that they're not all of them are not supposed to be likable. Tippi Hendren at that time would have been oh she's super likable no i think she would have been oh she's too much yes for that and then i think uh like the annie character she uh just wallowed too much she's like clingy on the guy who who didn't really reciprocate yeah but then she's like she's kind of stalkerish if you think about it because she moved into the town that he lives in and rod taylor also uh he's a mama's boy not only is he a mama's boy, but he appears to be a womanizer because at that time to have to have like had this entire relationship with Annie to the point where she like is willing to move to Bodega Bay mm-hmm. and then just be like, oh, I'm calling it off. Yeah, that's jilted. Yeah. Right. He's uh, he's daily gaslighting her by his mere existence. And and then the mother in law has a, a myriad <coughs> of issues, but most guilt of a, the father, a dying. toxic mother in law. Right. It, it 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 she is, but it's not the way that they would dramatize it in today's movies. But I think back then all of those things, the way that those characters were played, yeah, it was more subtle, but for that time, I think that people weren't supposed to like any of them. Interesting. That's insightful. And you might be hundred percent right. Yeah. So we're gonna total this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not good. It's, it's I say it's not good. <laughs> it's well on on the preparedness chart. There's no way that this is beating. That's a fifteen. Yeah, there's Cloverfield Lane is. I I that's a Clover, fifteen out of thirty. Cloverfield on Lane is nigh untouchable. I I feel there are a few movies I feel that are going to beat Cloverfield Lane. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the poll next. But just to compare, this movie is a fifteen out of thirty. Cloverfield Lane was a twenty six point five out of thirty. That is so high. That's near perfect. That is really high. Uh, Book of Eli was sixteen point seven five out of yeah, thirty. No. Day after tomorrow was a fourteen out of thirty. So the I, birds beat out the day after tomorrow. No way. I did not expect that. Wow. So we're going to go ahead and... I thought that uh, would be the worst. But, so it's still a fantastic watch. I would argue that if you want a more whimsical movie that just you can kind of 
play. And as it's long kid as people friendly. Are it's, it, uh, it, some of the movies are not kid friendly. There's, there's bird violence. Um, so bird related violence. If your kids are yeah. <laughs> really freaked out by birds, maybe don't put this one on. And this is one of those movies where you can say like, this will never happen. Ever, never, ever, ever, ever. Right. And right. this is just a joke. Right. And the kids would be like, OK, daddy, thank you. All right. The, <laughs> Until they see that flock of or that murder of crows flying around. I, I did forget the ending of this movie is also not very satisfying. Yes, it's a cliffhanger. And it turns out that there was supposed to be another ending where when they finally get to San Francisco. When no, when they away, get to the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, that's it. OK. It is. Are we covered not, in birds. Implying that it's like the end of days. Right. Was the implication that they wanted to avoid yeah, and the studios made him roll it back Which to just crazy. them getting to the car. So much better because they didn't want it to communicate that it was an end of the world movie. I would have loved to see that ending. Because I hope. I wonder if that exists. I should look that up. If one that of other the things exists that that ornithological uh, ornithological or, uh, ornithologist was saying was that. If there was a war between birds and humans, birds would win because there's just so many more of them. Again, right. No and so no so you're getting this. Uh, well, she's trying to give a magnitude of numbers. Right. Right. It's, it's the joke that we used to tell the kids to not be scared of spiders. If there were no spiders, we'd all be up to insects, up to our knees. Right. So as a reminder. Mm hmm. We choose what movie is next. Well, you choose. No, I You're, don't choose. I said yes. we, we, we. Well, you don't. I did go in and start tainting the numbers. Wow. I started recommending movies and voting. There is a link in the so show I notes. I guess it is we. Yeah, <laughs> that will take you to the poll mm -hmm. in which you get to add movies that you would like to suggest. Yes. We ask that if you are going to suggest a movie to check the list. Oh, I don't know that I checked the list. I might have violated our primary directive. Wow. You're going to check the list. If you see the movie uh, that you wanted to add, go ahead and vote for it. Go ahead and vote for any movie that you would like to vote on. Well, I mean, with within reason, they're usually disaster prepared. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying on the list. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Please. <laughs> and the list is limited to disaster, post-apocalyptic, preparedness, or ham radio-based movies. Yeah. So frequency is on there, everybody. Like, don't worry. Frequency might make it to the end. And, you know, there you go. And next week's movie that has shot to the top, it wasn't even in the top. I voted on it. Was that is that correct? Was Twister no Twister was, was like fifth or something? Yeah, because Leave the World Behind is now dropped. I am Legend. We've oh, already no, watched Legend. it. The but Birds. We yeah, we didn't review it. That's the movie that kicked off the series. Mm -hmm. uh, now the top five movies that we haven't watched. Number one is Twister. That's this this coming week's movie. Mm -hmm. Then Shaun of the Dead is in number two. I Am Legend is number three. Okay, just out of curiosity, if you look at the top five that we haven't watched, how many of these have you seen? I've seen all of them. You've seen Twister. Yeah, but remember, I... You don't remember movies. Don't remember movies. You've seen Shaun of the Dead. Oh, you've definitely seen Shaun yeah. of the Dead with me. You've seen I Am Legend? Yes. Uh, and the, Red Dawn and The original Contagion. Red Dawn, not the remake. The original. I don't know that I've seen the original, so, but this didn't clarify, so... Leia, I don't care. We're, it's Swayze Force. 
we're watching Swayze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's the original. The next, yes. that's the one I watched. Uh, the, the new one is one of the one of the Thors. Oh, and then I watched the original. It's a Hemsworth. By the way, I the remake got a lot of hate. I I like the remake, but uh, no, it's the original. We're going full Swayze. All right. If that's... when that when that inevitably wins, but uh, Twister will be next, and I think this will do well because it's a fantastic movie. And uh, I think we might watch this with the kids. And by right. the way, shout out to uh, Dom for voting on that one. Way to go, Dom. the uh, Discord admins. And now I guess we're moving on. Mm-hmm. It's time. What's that noise? Wave. It is a primitive form of communication known as Morse code. You're right. I'm in a lot of practice. Stop it. Stop what? You're talking about me and Morse code. What the hell is he saying? It seems they're getting a signal. Old Morse code. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> I will tell you, there is a couple of movies on here that Leia hasn't seen. The Quiet Place is one of them, or A Quiet Place. I mean, I think I fell asleep watching that. You did not it's watch this movie. It's very quiet. You did not watch this movie. I know you didn't watch this movie. I watched it. You did not watch this. I know it. Oh, because of the kids. I think I stopped kids. watching it because of the kids. No, you didn't. I'm telling you, I watched it without you because I knew there were kids in it. And then I hinted hinted that there was some kids related stuff that happens and you were like nope so. yeah i'm stronger now oh <laughs> now that you have kids yeah or have older kids you had little baby yes. you know mounds of flesh children <laughs> back then so now i'm like you guys better know how to be quiet you better shut your mouth. <laughs> prove it to me right now they don't though leah <laughs> we know them we'd be dead all of us they'd kill our entire family <laughs> can't be quiet they can't. It's impossible. All right. So we're back at the CW Lounge, you know, the the, the best segment of the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. Mm. And we are encouraging Leia to get her chops up in some CW. We haven't added a character in a long time. So, you know. So we we're should, not going to. We're not eh, going to we yet. Should, we should think about that in, you know, in the in the coming episodes. Why don't you may go not, through the one. six letters we know? Oh, okay. All right. So why don't, do you want to name out the I'm letter? I'm already like a sixth of the way through the alphabet. What if I alphabet? key the letter and then you tell me what it is? Okay. Okay. R. U. U. K. K. R. R. M. S. S. What else? That's it. A. A. What else? Is that it? That's it. it. No, you don't know that. Okay. Are you ready, Leia? <sighs> Feels okay. <laughs> Pretty tired. All right. Here we go. Three, two, and one. I didn't get any of that. I was real thrown <laughs> off right at the beginning. Just go ahead and tell us what that is. Arar. <laughs> Armku. And Asu. Great. Are you ready? Okay. Like, you really ready. Okay. You centered. Your eyes are closed. That's how I know your ears are open. <laughs> In three, two, 
Those, that was easy. You got that. A. 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 K. K. S. S. A. A. And then I M. M. And then I missed a bunch, and I think it ends in KS. You missed a U and a K. Okay. And it ended in KS. Yeah. You did great. Thanks. That was a great. muck in the middle. You missed a muck. Yeah. A muck. A muck. When you say a muck, a muck, what is that from? Hocus Pocus. It is from Hocus Pocus. You ready? You gonna do it one more time? You're not ready. Fine. You're not ready. One more time. Here okay. We Here we go. In three, two, one. Okay. S. S A A S S U U A A A A K K S S A M Then A Then A S S R R So you missed one. Yeah. That was good. Great. Do it again. I don't know. I don't want Tune in next week for the next letter. I think. Don't you think? Maybe. <laughs> I love I love the uh, confidence. This is week three of encouraging Duolingo to come up with a oh. Morse code. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, as mm-hmm. suggested in the HRCC podcast channel, the Discord, mm-hmm. that there is an app called Morse Mania that is very similar in feel to Duolingo. No Angry Owl, which to me is very motivating. Not sure if there's a leaderboard on Duolingo. I created an account for Addison because he gets very excited about the leaderboard. Very funny, this story. When I created a leaderboard. This is a, a child's crea- account. Yes. When I created his Duolingo account for kids. Yes. For children. It doesn't have a leaderboard because <laughs> it doesn't want you interacting. And with it, other- took, it took him entirely and out then, of it. And then he's like, I, I want the leaderboard. I I only want to play because of the leaderboard. (laughs) How do I know if I'm winning? I want to be other children in Chinese. Yeah, so uh, there is apparently a way to get the leaderboard. I don't know what it is, though. You got to be an adult. I've tried. No, there's. uh, They sent me an email that they were rolling out a leaderboard for kids. I don't understand. My child is very goal oriented (laughs) against other people. He wants to beat other children. Yes. I will say that this week. I was dead weight in a friend quest. Okay. <gasps> Today is Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nathan, if you're listening, one of the things Leia likes to tell me is people that have been dead weight. Yeah. <laughs> no, there are so many and... HRCC listeners that are on my friends list now. No, I understand. But in the past, you've told me about other people I know that have been dead weight. And yeah. <laughs> Nathan, not dead weight. Nathan's not dead weight. Very good. I was dead weight because you know what happened? I was gone. I partnered with Sean right this week. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Sean. Mm -hmm. I think I went one day where I was so busy. I just did the bare minimum and I was like, I'll catch it tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. he finished it. 
he finished it yesterday. Oh, no. Now yeah. You're the one. I was totally dead weight. The, the whole bar was him. I was like, oh. You're literally the one that just signs their name on the class project. I know. I feel so bad. Sean, I swear I'm not like this. Yeah, you, you talked a big game and then you're like, well. I don't trust her anymore. Why did you have to work so much? <laughs> I mean, that's true, too. If you just go in and you can knock it out, I guess that that's true, too. So, uh, well, good job, Sean. So the show topic for today is... All right, today so today's discussion point... Today is, go on to the show. Right, the, show topic the, the topic of today's show is... Gentlemen, let's get down to business. Did you have something to say? No. It, it sounded just... like you were queuing up, queuing up air. To blast over your vocal cords. I'm very excited. Today's show topic is, do you even record, bro? Do you even record? Yeah. Okay. So how many people actually record what they hear on the radio? That's the question. <laughs> Lots like, of reasons. I'm already thinking, I'm precogging one. How many people record when they're operating ham radio? Mm -hmm. Like 2% of the population. <laughs> So as a YouTuber, I record the audio because oftentimes I might put it into a video, right? And I, I got really good. By the way, if anybody watched my Frozen Lake Poda video, that was all shot on a GoPro. I didn't use secondary recording and I just, I guess, projected my voice loud enough to equal how close the camera was to the speaker. And it all was perfectly balanced. It was great. I was like... <clears throat> Is very very happy. How happy would you have been to have uh, have like one of the hex tenas with you out on that lake? Oh yeah, that would have been great. Because it was cold. Because then I wouldn't have to like go out into the middle of the icy. I almost slipped like three times trying to get it out, like get the the uh, mast onto that rod holder. Mm -hmm. That I was like, oh boy, this is you know this is going to be a problem. But it, so as a YouTuber, record audio, all that stuff. But it, it turns out that there's lots of reasons to record the audio. I was uh, the ham radio, sorry, radio made easy when we were doing a, a talk out in Heber. He was telling me about he uses rattlegram a lot. What's so, rattlegram? Rattle, rattle, like a like a rattlesnake. Rattlegram? Rattlegram. Okay, all right. So with rattlegram, you take your cell phone and you type out a message. Okay. And then you hit a button while holding the PTT down on the radio. And it literally plays out the digital audio into the microphone of the radio and send your message to people that are listening at the same time. Oh. Right? Very ad hoc digital mode, like very, very simplistic digital mode. But he was telling me, he's like, no, I, I record the audio back home at specific times during the day during our rattlegram check-ins over the repeater. Okay. And that he can later decode them using rattlegram. Oh. Or he can plug in a tablet running Rattlegram into the radio and just record it that way so that he gets messages. I'm like, oh, that's a novel approach to, you know, a, a simple solution to solve a problem. I thought it was great. So there's a couple of technologies that exist in amateur radio. I'm going to talk about one that I dropped a video on today. So I don't know if this is related, but it definitely got me thinking about it. I've, I've used a simplex repeater for a really long time. Simplex repeaters are, are literally little voice boxes that you connect to the radio. I don't know. I talked about this in the past, but I don't know that you remember, Leia. Mm. But a simplex repeater, if I put a simplex repeater on a hilltop, yes. and you're on one side of the hill and I'm on the other side, mm -hmm. and we can't talk to each other normally, mm -hmm. a simplex repeater I can transmit into and then let go of the PTT. And then when I let go, the simplex repeater 
has been recording what I was saying and will replay it. And because it's okay. at a high vantage point, you will now hear it. So right, it's like right. super disconnected communications because you have to wait for my recording to be done and then record back to me and then I hear it. Right. Super prim primitive is the wrong word, but it's not a full duplex repeater. Okay. Right. So that kind of thing. But the cool thing about those simplex repeaters is they have built-in voicemail boxes. Oh. So you could put a simplex repeater up and you could leave a message for somebody and then they could come back later and download the messages. Okay. So it's a really okay. nice, again, ad hoc kind of preparedness way of being able to leave these asynchronous messages for people that they could then pick up later okay. over the air. Like a BBS. Like a BBS for voice, right? That's what I was thinking about. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that this is a novel approach to leave a message for someone that may not have the time to be actively communicating with mm -hmm. you. Good stuff, right? Of course, there's just audio recorders like that Sony recorder that I use that has a little USB port on it. Mm -hmm. I Y off my audio or I plug my headphones into the recorder so I can hear the output of the recorder while it's recording the audio of my radio. Okay. And that has all kinds of fun uses. Like if you end up hearing a bunch of people arguing on the radio, mm. you can just record that. And now you've got the hot tea of an argument between two people yes. complaining about who knows what on, on ham radio. And for me, that- Ham you know, radio arguments are some of my favorite types of arguments. And, and that hasn't turned into a lot of songs, but you know, still, <laughs> I still want to make these songs. I don't know when I'm going to have time to do it, but I've always loved the idea of remixing that those arguments and those comments people made into like a song and, and multiple songs. So- that's just that's just great. And you can pick up one of those things for like, you know, 40 bucks and even less than that in some cases, depending on what you get. But all of that interfaces nicely into amateur radio. And, it you know, in some cases, why not? For some folks, they use it for CW. So when they're out on the, you know, oh. and, and maybe they don't have perfect copy on somebody, or maybe they're making a video after the fact, they need a good audio recording of that CW so that they can decode it and maybe put the call sign on the video when they're doing it for numerous reasons. Or for simple archive purposes, having an mm -hmm. audio recording of something historic that might have happened on the air. Maybe there was a special event station that, you know, it's a one-time thing. Maybe somebody it. admits to committing a crime on ham radio, you know? Right, right. A numerous, numerous amounts of radios have SD card slots now that you can just click a, report, a record button and then they just start recording. Mm -hmm. All the ICOMs do this and I believe all the Yesus do now. So there's no reason to not be, you know, recording a lot of this stuff. But how much storage space? Well, they, they run on a buffer. So they run out of recording space and then they just start erasing the old stuff. Mm. So it records, it, it, it records into new spaces and gets rid of the old stuff. It's great. Well, the... The device that I reviewed today, the video that's going to drop, is the Boondock Echo, which we've talked about in your use case for it, right? Right. Well, then I started, you know, as I was using it over the last couple of months, I started realizing, oh, my gosh, there's so many more things other than just how we're using it most often, which is the notification feature. Mm -hmm. So note with notifications turned on, I can tell it in certain cases if certain things are said on the radio that I want to get an email about it or okay. email you. And you had gotten numerous notifications that an emergency was happening here and there, blah, blah, blah. And then you could turn around and post that into something, a Facebook you know, yeah, post absolutely. in a community group or whatever to get information out there. And it is now a permanent way. Radio is so non-permanent in the sense that you make your transmission, and in almost all cases, no one's recording it, and it's 
useful to some people, particularly if it's of a first responder nature, but it's gone most of the time, right? Yep. So super valuable. But then you have that AI portion where you said, okay, I want you to let me know if the word fire is said. I'm going to record that, right? And then now you're saving your memory space and you're only focusing on the stuff that you most care about or maybe some police codes. Or in my case, I was using it to notify me and email me when someone local was doing a soda activation. Oh. So when they said soda or summits on the air, I knew that, you know what, I likely could probably go outside uh, at work, you know, take a break, go grab a drink, go outside, see if I can make a contact with a person on soda using my mobile radio. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm at home, and you know, I can use the radio at home. I found that fantastic. The cool thing about recording, though, with the Boondock Echo is it does transcription. Yes. So now you don't even really necessarily have to hear the audio. You can just look at the transcription and see what's going on. And then you could possibly just post the transcription because it's good enough if the audio quality is good enough that it'll do like, you know, word for word copy of what was being said. And then you can just upload that instead of having to make an audio that people have to stop, listen for 30 seconds. They can just read it and then just be on their way. Right. Which likely that is going to be something that is more prominent in the future of just, you know, why not just have transcription for a lot of this stuff without, you know, whatever. What I did find, though, that I haven't dove into yet, and it's not a part of the video I'm dropping, uh, but I'm going to have the creators of the Boondock Echo on to talk about if this, then that. Do you know what if this, then that is, Leah? Uh, it's uh, computer code, like... No, I do. I do that for um, no. stuff with Excel. No, it's no, it's a website. Oh, it's a website that. Oh, you, is that the one where you choose what you should eat? No, that's eat this, not that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> OK, <laughs> if this, then that is a social media tool. You connect all your social medias to it. And you set rules and actions that, for instance, if I posted a YouTube video, mm -hmm. it will say, if I post a YouTube video, I want you to post a blog about it on my blog and link to it. Oh, okay. If I get a super chat during my live stream, I want you to tweet the person that sent the super chat and thank them. Okay. Right? They now are doing if this, then that integration into the Boondock Echo. Whoa. So now, Leia, what happens if you have a very specific keyword and you make an if this, then that, that will take that when this keyword hits, automatically make the Facebook post? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? What a world, Leia. It, that's the, the most amazing thing Isn't that I've cool? ever heard. That's literally what I said before. I was like, can it just automatically post for me? I found out that it can. So there you go. That's a thing that you can do now. So th this is, um, I think we're merely the scratching the surface of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, right? we, absolutely. we talk about this all the time. Like there are so many things we've been doing for a long time. Lots of people have been recording ham radio. Of course they have. You know what, though? It really does make the audio recordings more clear than if you were just listening to the scanner, too. It's the same audio. They don't do any post-processing, I don't think. Are, are you sure? I don't think so. Because I have listened to the scanner just on a radio. Oh, I see. Because it's a direct audio input to the to the recording. Yes. Instead of out of the speaker on the scanner. Right. Well, that's that's more of a detriment of the scanner's speaker than it is the... Well, the scanner speaker sucks. <laughs> okay. 
And the cool thing about this is, like, if you just took the Sony recorder or the Simplex repeater, like, you can just pack that in a bag. You could full kit it, right? And then you could just have that ready to go. Grab and go. Be ready at any time. And then you're just adding more capabilities to what you already have. And I think that's really cool. So keep that in mind. Audio recording is a really functional aspect of amateur radio. You may not have found a use case in me talking at you, but now that I've planted the seed, maybe you will find something interesting. And if you do, I'd love to hear it if you go to the Discord link, which is in the show notes. Join us on the HRCC-podcast chat and leave your nominal way that you approach recording in amateur radio if you're doing it. So I'd love to hear it. Thank you so much. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. All right. Welcome to the email correspondence tower. The looming space in front of you. Three buildings exist, the tower in the middle, and two outbuildings. The outbuilding on the left is the physical mail depot. And that's where you send us mail, actual letters and such, to P.O. Box 5101, Cerritos, California, 90703. Thank you so much for doing that. Today, no mail. We heard rumors of a potential mail, which we don't want to give away the spoiler. So, uh, Or maybe we do. I don't know. Leia's talking. What's what's coming is something that is, uh, I, if it comes before the next podcast recording, we're just going to have to open it because there's a freshness to it. Of course. But I will talk about it next week when it comes because I'm very excited about it. And Is it from the location that these things come from? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm curious how that, uh, how that comes out because this is a big deal. I've n- never been had before. Ever? N- not, not anything authentic, I don't think. I've Definitely had... no baby in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I've, at work? I've, multiple times. Wow. You leave the knife. What? You leave the knife. What are you saying? Everybody who knows, knows you leave the knife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you in advance yeah. for the package that is. I am definitely one of those people who I get a lot of uh, the joy from something. They say that one of the reasons that using your money for travel mm-hmm. is so worthwhile is that you get a large amount of the joy from it in the anticipation of the vacation. So that's one of the reasons you should actually book them far enough in advance. Oh, so you have something to look forward to. Are you that you're, you're an anticipation person? Why do you think I plan? Interesting. Okay. That's good to know. I I'm always like the anticipation is always stopping me from sleeping. Even so I'm always like, I like, I get it. It's going to be great. I'm super excited, but please just brain, let me go to sleep. Well, the anticipation of this package is going to keep me happy for a good amount of time, I think. Yeah? It might even have arrived today, but after I check the P.O. box. Oh, okay. So, so I may have to run by tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, super excited. Thank you so much uh, for that. Anyway, we are now leaving the physical mail depot and heading over to the other building, which is the voicemail annex. This is where you can just voicemail us at Leah. What is the phone number? 562-334-2389. And away we go. Okay. Yes, Josh had requested the name of 
aviation enthusiast. Mm. And the name for the aviation enthusiast of the fixed wing variety are also referred to as planiacs. Brainiacs? Planiacs. Planiacs. So that's like a foamer. Thank you. But but planiac. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. That wh- whoever left that. Thank you so much. It was Hello, this is Elo One Mike Alvazoon and Nathan. And I just wanted to do a quick voicemail. Just to Hey Nathan. Voice my appreciation of Josh and Leah and and um Oh, thank you. How they um well, about you using um, time in their busy schedule to record a, quite a long podcast for us all. And, and I, weekly, I get a, a little email from um, a, I don't know, a podcast monitoring service. It kind of gives the, the rankings on the, the Apple podcast. For oh, nice. Wow. So I just noticed, I think, I think this is the highest I've ever seen one. Um, Romanian technology <laughs> uh, podcast. Well, a Hello, podcast Romania. In Romania. Top twenty. Top twenty. Podcast is top wow. twenty. For we've Romanian been number one podcast. in some countries before. For technology, <laughs> countries that don't have podcasts, I guess. Uh, Forty nine, Denmark for technology. Hey, hey, Denmark. Shout out to Denmark. And then there's like you're in the, like the 80s for the U.S. and stuff like that. But I thought it was cool. I'll take 80s Romania, every day. Romania, I, I guess someone in Romania is listening to your podcast. Well, thank you, Romania. Two or three are enough to be in the top 20, however many um, are in Romania. So this is Kilo Podcast with Lulu saying, 53, hope you all had a good weekend and... um very productive in Utah mm, or you. California or anywhere you're at. So this is Q1 Mike Alfred saying 73. That sounds like a sleepy Nathan at the end. Nathan, I hope you got some rest. Yes. Thank you so much for fitting the voicemail in. Thank you. Hey, Leigh and Josh. It's Han Solo here. Hey, K-Fire. Hey, Yankee Romeo, K-Fire. So took a good break after uh, the holidays or for the holidays and uh, got right back out at it uh, for work here. And so I flew into uh, South Dakota yesterday and uh, drove to Iowa because I needed Iowa as uh, activation for summits and parks on the air. Nice. And so I met up here with uh, Kevin from I Love QRP. Oh, cool. And uh, you may have seen some of his YouTube uh, videos he he activates like his farm implements and his grain silos and things like that. So we met up over here at silos the, on the uh, air. I think mm-hmm. it's the highest point in Iowa. They only have two summits. This one's called Pilot Knob. And uh, <laughs> just got it activated. So this is my uh, 43rd state for parks on the air. This is Pilot Knob State Park, Kilo 2313. And it's also summits on the air. This is my 39th state for summits out of the 45 states wow. that have them. And this is uh, Pilot Knob, Whiskey Zero India, Stroke India Alpha Dash oh, 002. Activated, even got Spain on 5 watts. Wow. wow. And so, again, trying to keep QRP on every one of my state activations is number 43 for parks and number 39 for summits. Just want to say, hey, you know, looking forward to some more this year. 
Uh, maybe I can get them all knocked out, almost down to just a handful. So that would be great. So close. Glad y'all are doing well now after the uh, sickness, and uh, hope to see y'all uh, again soon. This is Ham Solo K Zero FYR seventy three. Well, thank you, you so much, Ham Solo. This is fantastic. You're six away now. That's crazy. That just making it through all the states. That that would Indeed. be a fun road trip. Just go up and down the country. Just zigzag your way through the yeah. country. <laughs> How long would that take? I don't know if that'd be a fun like in an road RV trip. or something. You got to be full retired mode to do that, right? Well, you know, I'm even in retirement, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know, Leia. I'm sure there's probably someone that has plotted out a like a nominal path. Yeah. to do it. But who buddy? That seems like a lot. Okay. Hey, HRCC. KO4JUZ here. Long time no listen. Hey, uh, Jake? Recently. Is that Jake? Oh, as of today, I was listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. and you had mentioned the app Pulse Point. And okay. that is the app my department uses. Oh, to notify oh. us with calls. And I'll be honest, I was quite off guard when you mentioned that app. I was actually, uh, this might be a TMI, but I was taking a shower while listening to your podcast. And yep, I had to was. pause my shower I'm just kidding. and rewind your podcast to make sure I heard you correctly because that was a little bit of a shock to be hearing work terms in my house. Oh, Pulse Point? But regardless, yeah. it's a great app. We use it for notifications and recording of when our units are dispatched and we can go back into that app and find times when documenting reports. But oh, all for now. Probably call you back later. That's how you want to Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Jake. Uh, sorry to bring some of your work into the podcast, I but mean, Pulse Point yeah. is fantastic. I, you know, I'm I'm so glad that you said this because anybody who has used Pulse Point, it is confusing to me why sometimes mm-hmm. the uh, the notice gets closed out okay. before the situation is clear. And I can only assume that means that that is the time it took from the notification to Pulse Point to when somebody from a department got there. Okay, okay. But then sometimes the notices stay open for a super long time. And you're like, did they ever get saved? That's like... where they had to call the coroner. <laughs> well, that's not nice. No, I mean, it's minor stuff, mm. like a vegetation fire or something. And the vegetation fire just never got closed out. It doesn't. That's where the notes say they were found in a vegetative state. <laughs> what? Then they needed the coroner. <laughs> Sad. Hello, this is Kila One Mike Alpha Zulu Nathan in Southern Vermont, because hey, that's Nathan. where I live. Indeed. I just want to call in and and uh, slightly just mention I I I appreciate when people have uh, ebbs and flows and ability of how much uh, radio they can do, but I appreciate this hobby because you can do as much as you want, as little you want. You can take a little break. You're not like your, Duolingo. Uh, license is good for. For ten years, you just got to renew it, and you can you can do it. Um, 
I'm going to Monkey as I'm finally away from Walmart as an employer, and oh. now I'm doing a different job. And congratulations, just, uh, learning the stuff in the new job. It's kind of like picking up all my brain, and I'm glad that I uh, already got through and studied and got all the way. Well, some people um, do the test. Um, I got all the way to amateur extra, so I don't have to study anymore. And then when I want to use those frequencies, I can be able to use them at my convenience. So That's I, right. I appreciate mm-hmm. how there's a, a bunch of different ways to be trained. You can do it at your own timetable. Some people take longer than other times. Is this a general and, joke and again, Nathan? They can do as much or a little less they want. But still, um, as part of this community, especially the HRCC community, great place to be. And you can um, take in the podcast, take in the videos, and uh, really appreciate the community. So this is Kilo and Mike Alvazula saying, I appreciate everybody in the community. Oh, that's oh, so nice, yeah, Nathan. Very nice. I've got a, a follow-up from Nathan. Hang on. Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alphazulu with your ham radio infomercial. That is a totally different, totally voice. different voice. So, boon, the Boondock Echo. Yes. Uh, backer uh, program on crowd supply. Yes. Um, yes. Sure if, you, if you search Boondock Echo, um, it has just opened up. <gasps> it's Thursday afternoon. You too can and have a boondock echo. Thing has opened up, and I backed it right away. So, oh, that's amazing. As of right now, at five forty-three p.m. Eastern on Thursday, there's one backer. Way to go, Nathan! Um, perhaps you have discussed it already, but if you have not, um, people that are interested uh, to backing it, it is um, one fifty-nine uh, mm-hmm. plus whatever the. Shipping is it's eight dollars if it's in the U.S. and like ten or more if it's outside the U.S. So, um, if you'd like to back this project so they can get it shipped out, if you if you order now, it says possibly if it if it's fully backed. Um, I think it's going for like three thousand dollars. I'm not sure um, that they ship it in like the middle of July. So let's see if we can get this uh, thing back. So that we can get her done. This is Kilo <laughs> on Mike Alphazulu saying... Get her done. Uh, ham Radio on 73. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the shout out. And yes, that it, it is a backer setup. So the more people oh, that go out and support on. it, the, the better off they're going to be. Well, excuse me. 6,000 <laughs> is the goal for oh. the Boonock Echo. I so think they should be able to hit let's that. Let's get no to it, problem. people. So yeah, far. I hope so. At uh, 5.47... P.M. Eastern on Thursday. There's two backers, so we're getting there. We're getting 6, there. 6,000. I'm sure it won't it's take very 6, long. He won Mike Alvazulu. 73. Was that a Dragon yeah. Ball Z mm-hmm. reference? Yeah. It's at 6,000? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you... It's fine. You got the reference. It's fine. Disgusted. I have to say about the Boondock Echo... Mm-hmm. I was so excited about it from a preparedness standpoint mm-hmm. because just imagine if you had it set up mm-hmm. to listen to, you know, whatever band you wanted to put it on, whichever band so you... Whatever radio you put it right. on. Right. Yeah. And then you start hearing a bunch of notifications come in. 
that oh. all reference the same emergency mm. and then it's going through different areas when you're listening to it that is going to give you a better head start oh. than any news source could give you right and that's one of the reasons i was so excited about it for like a neighborhood watch purpose mm-hmm. because the news doesn't report on things that are happening locally or like super live and this right. is like a big live story. And there are apps like Citizen and things like that, but they're just not necessarily reliable. Plus nor... it's also a lot of just junk. Yeah. And kookiness. Yeah, exactly. But if if you can literally hear mm-hmm. somebody talking about a very bizarre thing that is happening, mm-hmm. right? And you're just constantly getting pinged by it. Right. You're like, Oh, there is something happening and I right. need to get home right now. I mean, that is why I put one of the words that's in your notification is owl. Owl. <laughs> so what number did there, you associate there, with it? There are two owls outside. <laughs> first notification. Two owls. <laughs> there are three owls outside. <laughs> is the next one. And then it's there's now eight owls outside. <laughs> Ah, ah, ah. And you're like, <laughs> I, I got, I gotta go. <laughs> There's go something going down. on over there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Nathan. Uh, and 159 is. Yeah. Everybody, d- please keep in mind, 159 gives you, I think, 260 hours of recording on the device. And there are many nominal things. I know I said the word nominal a lot. It's my new favorite word. Mm-hmm. Generally was the last one. Yeah. New for 2024, nominal. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right now. There are many things it does just with local recording that you can access with your smartphone. Yeah. With your computer, just being in the same network with the device. If you want things like advanced transcription and you want that AI notification, you, you there is a monthly charge for that. Mm-hmm. It is a backer-based system, so they're trying to figure out, based off of the number of subscribers, what they can get the cost down to. Their, oh, I see. Their goal is to drive down to the right price, but the right. problem is, is that they have to figure out how to balance the costs of it. Sure. Otherwise, it's not sustainable, right? Right. So the more people that are backing it and pay for the service, you know, they have like five or six different tiers of service, right? Figure out what works for you. For a lot of people, the free stuff's going to work fine. I'm, I've, I've already talked to the creators. They're going to join me on a live stream. They're going to talk about how to get the most out of just no service. They're going to talk about how to use if this, then that to do really fun things. All the advanced features that I couldn't hit in my video, although I did like 17 minutes just going through all the, the features that I most use that I find the greatest value. Okay, consider this. If you have a tight net cert team. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah, 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 totally. And you can set up Gmail notifications mm-hmm. to like when a... When something comes in from a specific email address to like send it to other people. Sure. Right. Yeah. So if you were the member of your cert team. Oh, that you'd be had like the best the member. Man, be the like, man. I, how do you keep up or on the, all this yeah. radio stuff? How I, do you do it? I was talking work. to somebody who runs a neighborhood watch group that is similar to the one that I run. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a neighboring city. And I was like, hey, had you have you heard about this device? And he was like, tell me more about this right now. How do I get one? Yeah. So I'm going to have to send him the crowdsource, yeah. of course. But And think about this also being a gateway to more hams. Oh, yeah. Right? Because 
they're going to wonder, well, how did you get this? How does this magic man, is Johnny on the spot with all the information in our city? And then they're going to be like, well, I think I need a radio and a boondock echo, Mm -hmm. right? Or again, if you're a part of a neighborhood watch or a cert team, maybe you have multiple radios with multiple boondock echoes, not you, but maybe one member has it tuned to one band, another to another band. Sure. And you're getting notifications across all of the bands. Or you just plug it into the audio output of your radio and you just scan all those frequencies. Sure. The radio stops when it hears activity and right. the Boondock Echo will record that activity. Sure. Right. But so like VHF, UHF versus HF. You got the radios that do all of it. Sure. There are plenty of options for that. Like that's actually not And antennas. Hard Am yeah. I right, Alpha and Am Canada? I right? <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of options that are that are gonna be useful uh, yeah. in that space. Uh, speaking about that, for anyone listening, the secret word this week is raven. Wow. Great. The smartest bird in the movie, The Birds. Is it the smartest bird? In the movie, The Birds, yes. But like ever? In the movie, The Birds, yes. <laughs> All right. And now to the last voicemail. Hey, Josh. Hey, Leah. This is Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. I was just wondering, uh, Josh, if you knew if there were any group soda hikes uh, planned or if you knew any uh, so-called clubs in the area. Anyways, that was all. I was just planning to go on Mount Bliss with my boys in the morning. Oh. Or Saturday morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, few seconds. Few seconds. There are more than ten to switch boys and outdoor boys. And I was trying to change that. Oh, yeah, right. Tonight, whenever it's going. So, so I could be totally wrong. Mm-hmm. That could be Kevin, the creator of our preparedness corner drop Kevin, oh amazing with the boys when he mentioned the boys and like are we doing it he might be talking about like adam and i doing something gotcha which we we are officially going to do the silverwood camp out right the f- google form isn't out yet by the way um randy, you and your boys come on please, out. please please come on out randy's coming <gasps> k7age he's driving down he's like you got to hold a, a camper spot for us. Sure. I, I've got to give you the information on that, but he confirmed. Um, as far as a group soda hike, I don't have anything in the books right now. You can do a soda from Silverwood. Oh, that's that's an option. Yeah. Um, there's also... Work out the ITIN. And there's also the return to Mount Pacifico, which I think I want to do. The return year? to Mount Pacifico. It's been a while. Pacifico, the second coming. We did it in, in 2019. Yeah. So we Pre-panoramic. I, I think we got to go back. All so right. I think that might be on the list of, of when. I don't know because the last time we went was November. It was really nice in November. Personally, I, I really enjoyed that. Maybe we make it for the end of the year. I don't know. Oh, there's also a winter field day going on. Winter field it's not day a soda, is going on, but no, but not, this but weekend, there's a hike there. Not necessarily. I guess it depends on how you how hard you want to winter field day. <laughs> Here in California, we don't winter field day that hard. 
We just go play radio like it's any other like weekend. Like on the beach. <laughs> we definitely have done that. That is this weekend. So as you're hearing this podcast, Winterfield Day kicks off tomorrow, Saturday, and goes through the weekend. It's a super lot of fun. I do highly recommend you do read the rules, though, much like you would read Summerfield Day. Winterfield Day has a little bit more nuance to it. It encourages people using different modes of operation in ways that would be commensurate to emergency preparedness. Gotcha. So it's very, it's very, very good. All right. Well, thank you, everybody who called in yes. to the voicemail annex. I love hearing your voices. Thank you so much for doing that. That means it's time to close the door on the voicemail annex for this week and start to climb the tower. We thank you so much for emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. We would love it if you send us your ham radio questions, your journey within ham radio. Tell us what's going on. Maybe hit us up with a movie review now that we have the HRCC movie corner. And if you send us a merch idea, something you'd like to see Leia put on a shirt or some kind of apparel or coffee cup, uh, you can go ahead and leave us your merch idea. If we like it and we make one or make it on the show on hamtactical.com, we'll send you one for free. Hello, hello. Welcome to the tower, hello, hello, welcome to the tower, Leia's reading your emails and Josh is going on a tangent, thank you for your email, we hope you like it here. Indeed. Leia? I love that drop. Yep, let's kick it off. The first email is titled Shack slash Shop. And this comes from Jeff, KJ7UHH. Hi, guys. So it's been a tough year. I had to give up my ham shack to my in-laws as my father-in-law spent 48 days in the hospital in Michigan due to COVID in 2022. And they had to come to the dry climate of North Arizona for his lungs to recover. Oh, that is such a loving and kind thing. That is very nice for you to do that. Yeah. Thankfully. Now he's a ham. (laughs) <laughs> and he wants you to move the shack back in. <laughs> well, they, he, was, he was surrounded by all this radio equipment that he was like, you know what? Yeah, exactly. Thankfully, he's on the men and they have resumed their duties as retired snowbirds. But I have permanently lost my space due to the bedroom space requirements. I've decided to build my shack in my backyard, probably better for electrical noise, and put up a 25-foot tower. Nice. Now that's turning lemons into lemonade. <laughs> Indeed. Another hobby I'm into is off-road vehicle fabrication and welding. Whoa. My power supply for radios will be solar panels and a battery bank, so there won't be any circuit interaction with the welders. However, okay. I will have a new inverter, a newer inverter welders running on my 220 volt running off my house panel. Okay. My question is, would it be risky to have radio equipment adjacent to welding operations? I would never be running both radios and I, I welders at the same time, but I'm concerned about the inductive voltage potential involved in high frequency. Hmm. TIG welding with AC and DC current. I use Vertex standard mobile radios in my bay at work to monitor heavy equipment while I'm doing the same welding processes and have never had a problem. Yeah. But that's in a larger space and government owned radios. So if one fries, I'm not worried about it. <coughs> I okay so you're gonna be dry cough sorry about that so since you have your ham radio equipment on a completely different 
connection. It sounds like you're going to be solar into a battery running that equipment. You're likely fine. I'm just happy to hear he wasn't trying to weld instead of solder. <laughs> well, no, I, I was also kind of curious, like, how are you simultaneously planning on operating the radio while also welding? <laughs> Not at the same time. I know that welding generally will, will require two hands. So I have been watching welding videos. So this is what this is really fascinating. It's the welding videos where it's like beginner welder versus experienced welder. And that there has to be a significant learning curve. <laughs> Well, it depends on the type of welding, too. Like, what kind of welding were they doing? Was it stick? It's like metal pig? with metal. No, there's... Jeez. <laughs> there's stick welding. Then there's MIG and TIG. I have no idea, man. It's just That's fire kind, and metal. <laughs> kind of what... Well, fire, probably not fire. It doesn't get hot enough. Oh, speaking of hot enough, uh -huh. I recently watched a video about the longest running light bulb yeah in, it's, it's an in Edison bulb in like a fire department yeah yeah i know all about it <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for taking the wind out of my sails okay so <laughs> wait you didn't know about this <laughs> it's in livermore really yeah you want to know what's interesting about it well okay yes, go ahead sorry the cartel is what's interesting about this no that's not what's interesting so it, it runs on super low voltage, right? Be, now. Because the whole thing is that really like only 5% of the power put into an incandescent light bulb, like when it was first created, mm -hmm. was going to light. It was more, light. Heat. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was off putting like 95% yeah. of its energy and yeah. heat yeah. and just 5% enough to get so hot that it lights up. It glows, up, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> okay. So then it turns out mm -hmm. this rabbit hole, okay, why don't modern light bulbs last that long? And it's because there was a cartel of light bulb manufacturers who said that they were getting together so that they could standardize things like the light bulb screws and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But in reality, what they did was they realized that longer lasting light bulbs would be super bad for business. Sure. So they all agreed that they would not make light bulbs that lasted more than a thousand hours. Okay. Okay. And so every time they produced like a batch of light bulbs, they had to send it into the cartel in which the, the cartel would then put it into a light bulb room where they were checking how long the light bulbs would last. And if they lasted substantially more than a thousand hours, that company was fined by the cartel. Okay. And that is the reason why we did not have long lasting light bulbs. They went lasting twice as long. Mm hmm to having a half of that mm -hmm. in a lifespan. Do, do you want to know why that bulb hasn't burnt out, though? It's never been turned off. It's never been turned off. Yeah. that's Well, it's probably been turned off some amount of times, but uh, that's why. It, so most life It's bulbs, on its own power source yes, that has, has no light switch to it. Yeah. It's an uninterrupted power source that just gives it the juice it needs. Most incandescent light bulbs if you never had a power cycle on them and you just ran them they'd go an incredibly long time mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. really what caused it all right so what do you think are his radios safe in yeah a I, I, welding I think, shack i think the radios are fine i mean the best way to test this is just have the radio receiving in the background and do some welding stuff 
All right. If the, if the radio doesn't do anything on the screen or or the, the oh, he said vertex. No, that was the business radio. The vertex so standard. I don't know what radios you're planning on using, but if it has a waterfall and you start doing some, you know, welding and you watch that S meter like peg sixty over S nine. Well, okay, maybe then then we've got something to worry about. But you're worried about something that you haven't um, you haven't realized yet. You know what I mean? Until it's actually a problem, it's not a problem. So just go about it. And, you know, the first time you get it, do, do some welds, <laughs> I guess, and like watch it. <laughs> do a light weld. Do, yeah. Do an apprentice's weld. <laughs> do like a casual weld. Set it to yeah. ca set yeah. your welder to casual <laughs> mode where none of the actual metal sticks together at the end, yeah. but it's all moist for no reason. Just, just well, weld a small ring. No, but just, I have two uncles that are welders. Just, just, just do, just arc it out. Like, just do a little bead on some on some metal and see if it does anything on your radio. If it doesn't do anything, you're fine. It's no, it's not a big deal. And if it is, just turn the radio off. It's fine. Well, it, right. it won't. It will not. It's not going to be like an EMP because if okay. it was, because if it was, welder companies be getting sued by radio <laughs> companies. Okay, it's not a problem. Jeff continues, I'm sorry to say that I took about a year break listening to your podcast, but I popped back in this week and I have to say it was like hearing old friends again. Oh, thank well, you. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. Leia, your laugh should be bottled and sold as medicine. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. I don't know. Jason is one lucky dude. <laughs> It says Jason is one lucky dude. It says Jason is one lucky dude? Oh, my goodness. You son of a... I should send Jason just an empty jar. Keep, uh, <laughs> keep up the great pod, and thanks for never shoring it up. Mm. 73, Jeff, KJ7UHH. That's K... Uh. Jeff, you messing. Don't play, Jeff. <laughs> You're just going to get a slew of emails now addressed to Jason. <laughs> I know. Jason's going to have a good time listening to the podcast. <coughs> Thank you so much, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, when it's all done, mm -hmm. can you please send us a picture of oh, your yeah. sack? So, should, yeah, send us your sack or, or post it in the uh, HRCC-podcast chat. Are you going On to Discord. use an Amazon tiny house for your shack? Because I think that would be so great. Like a tiny home, you know, or like a Temu box. Home <laughs> or off of Alibaba what are or Ali talking Express. about? They'll ship you kit homes. Oh, I thought you were talking about like, like literally homes. you want them to have like a cardboard no. box house from Tamu. Use some uh, some Makito. Makito? <laughs> That's the build kit that I bought for the kids that have the cardboard it's saw. It's called Makito. I think it's actually it's make do. A, instead but of Makita? <laughs> It's spelled make do. I call it okay. Makito because that's, that's what it looks like. But it has the bolts and screws yeah. that uh, attach. You just get one of those. Boom. Horrible. Every, every time the boys and I see a dog now, we look at each other and go, boom, service dog. <laughs> just throw, throw a vest on it. Boom, service dog. <laughs> All right, the next email is titled Merch Idea, and this comes from our dear friend, Rob, K5DCQ. 
Hey, Josh and Leah. My ham radio time is being spent learning CW. Oh, very good. Good on you. So I don't have any radio disasters to ask you about. Okay. <laughs> but I do have a merch idea. Mm. What if you made a necklace with beads made of two primary colors of your logo? One color would represent dits and the other Dawes. You could spell out HRCC and have the boys assist you when you are making them. <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounds like a bad idea. So you think our schedule is packed, but part of the reason our schedule is packed is because the boys' schedule is packed. Yes. They have so many things that mm-hmm. they want to do that it's... And Leia has a big problem telling the children no. Well, but they're all things. very promising. You're going to tell a kid he can't do reading Olympics? I don't want you reading at, a, at an Olympian level. That's ridiculous. I don't know you that are. that's something... What? Do you think Olympians are known for reading prowess? I mean, if you're a part of a reading Olympics. Okay. And then, like, speech and debate, I fought for almost yeah, I mean, three that, years. That's literally the class that you brought to the school, and it's, like... And it's here now. I'm, I can, can't not be enrolled. Right, right. But also, I fought for it because Ben wanted to do it. Right. Right, and now we are here three years later, and he can... And they're like, Mrs. Nass, you have to leave the class. You can't participate in speech and debate. Ben's going to be great at arguing. And then... It's Edison that you have to watch out for. When he gets to speech and debate, I don't even know what they're going to do. I... Uh, You have to explain to that kid that talking louder doesn't make your point better. (laughs) Just... Well, someone will have to. Anyways, their schedule is super packed, so... yeah. Throwing on them, Ben at one point had created a website to sell jewelry that he was making. He was making bead jewelry Mm -hmm. and he had made a few bracelets and then decided he would gift that business to his little brother. He was done with it. Yeah. (laughs) But he had like worked on building the website and everything and had a had a nice time. Really made a little franchise there, huh? Yeah, <laughs> this is. You can just pay me some royalties. Yeah, <laughs> you know, very good. So they nor I will probably make jewelry. Uh, it that it's not a bad idea. It's a great idea. And I had already reached out to one of my friends that is a jewelry designer to see if we could do <laughs> yes, yes. some kind of CW jewelry. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to. Be something that people could give their partners, that yeah. their partners would be like super happy to wear and it'd be like really meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the soldering. She hated it. That she was like, ah, you can just have the ones that I made for you for free. I do not think this I is a realistic thing. Do for not want to do this ever again. Yeah. And there's, there's another brand that does do fine CW jewelry. Mm-hmm. It's they use uh, diamonds and gold and silver so like things it's proper are jewelry outrageously priced mm-hmm. so uh, and I don't know how many people would be happy to wear beaded jewelry that a child could make <laughs> yes. but it's like neon plastic beads yeah. <laughs> okay. this is a decision you made so I- I'm still trying to figure that out. Because I do really like CW jewelry, at, but now there's so many on yeah. the. I mean, you Amazon. could probably go on Etsy and just get 
there's probably all kinds of options out there on Etsy, I assume, right? And that doesn't make sense. I, I don't need to be the middleman for for a business on Etsy that already has a business going. Yeah. I mean, if, if people are already doing it, like, go avail yourselves of, of them because they've probably figured out how to bring it to market more but effectively you know what, Rob? than we could. I could make you one. <laughs> I can make you a beaded bracelet <laughs> if you were so inclined. Yeah. Yes. Oh, neon beads, Leah. No, it would be That's the primary a, colors of the logo. It's an interesting yeah. color palette you decided. Well, Rob continues, you could spell out HRCC and have mm -hmm. the boys assist. Mm -hmm. Or you can make one for yourself, trashing your least favorite city council member and proudly wear it the next time you battle the city. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> what if what if I was just giving them to city council members? And they, like, don't know. they don't even know what it means. They don't know. <laughs> it just like, says, I suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find them trophies. One of them says, I'm a criminal. <laughs> I'm, I was disbarred. Oh, man. Never clean my office. Oh, so if anybody is interested in the As Cerritos Turns drama. Oh, yeah. We haven't we haven't had an update as Cerritos Turns. There was a city council meeting today that uh, because I'm on a committee, they wanted me there. But I because of the kids commitments, it right. didn't happen. I wasn't home. But the recent thing that's happening in our city is that they have announced that there are six schools that are up for consolidation. Consolidation is a nice way of we're saying... We're going to close your school. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to combine your campuses. Which means we're going to have to close our campus. At we're least We're not going to pick up the campus and move it to the other campus. The reality is I think that it's closer to two or th three because at least two of the schools, for a school that has a capacity of probably close to 600, uh -huh. has less than 300. There's a couple of them like that. Uh-huh. Sure. And so their class ratios are like 15 to 1. Which is great. For a public for a school. You would say it's great, except for their test scores don't reflect that, that it's great. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. That's exactly the point. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. And so that number of kids carrying the overhead mm -hmm. for a campus, you know, the maintenance, the um, the support staff, the principal. Right. All that doesn't make sense. Right. Right. So then they announce it and then people are big mad. Okay. They organize people to go over to the school board meeting. And I don't know what the school board's supposed to do. Because then you have. This is literally a dollars game, kids. Yeah. Like this is just dollars in, dollars out. So our schools here are actually, aside from being funded by the federal government, which is like a per student attendance right. Right. number, the facilities and things like that are paid through our property taxes. And so there yeah. is a certain amount of outrage here that why are you keeping these schools open and paying to maintain these facilities oh, with our tax dollars. Okay, so there is, it's not just we can't fund this. It's you're these are being us, underutilized. Yeah, you're costing you're us money. And you're taxing us yeah. on it. Ah, Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Spicy. Both sides. I get it. But the really upsetting thing, I think, is that 
if you have an issue about this, you need to go to the school board. The city has no say in what happens with city with like school district facilities. Mm -hmm. Okay, I watched a city council meeting today in which people came and complained about the schools being closed. (laughs) And the city council members, what do you do as a city council member? At what point do you go? This is not our jurisdiction. Everybody who came here to talk You're about this. You're all big mad you and gotta, we get it, but yeah. uh, we can't do anything. Kick rocks. <laughs> like the one thing. So I have to say the one one of the reasons, and it's an outstanding reason why I could not be on council is because there's a, a part where the public is able to just talk at you. Yes. And I'm public very comments. I'm very specific in the in the choice of words here. They are talking at you. Because and you're they, not supposed to respond. They're not supposed to respond. Leia, could you imagine me in a situation where someone is talking at me and they're being so dumb and I can't reply? Okay, there— Do you know how many, like, like dumb reactions I would just be doing with my face and, like, my hands? Oh, 100%. I would start—I would, I would learn American Sign Language. <laughs> I would have to have a Morse code oscillator that I'm like banging on the table, like reply. I I, I can't. I can't. I People can't. People come to these meetings just to bash the city council members and they can't to their faces. And they can't say anything. Okay. And I, I, where did this rule come from? Where did it come from? I don't know. But in That's, one is instance. That, did Robert like, do this? Is uh, this no, Robert? No, this is not Robert. You leave Robert out of this. I His rules are fine. I can't. I they bring can't. plenty of order. I can't. In this is exactly one instance, something Robert would do. Over 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I think there was somebody who made public comments. And and I don't know if it was during that, there was an argument that started as a, as a resident was kind of lambasting a city council member who is back on city council now. Yeah. Okay. And at some point, this resident said something. About the city council member's wife. <coughs> okay. Yep. And I don't know if it was during the meeting or if it was after the meeting, but the city council member punched him. I love it. I I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I I don't get it. I don't know where this comes from. I see so many videos. But these are literally people. They're your neighbors. Just because they got elected doesn't mean now they are your punching bag. I they know. Didn't, they didn't sign up. And they do get paid a stipend. Okay, okay. It's, it's not it's not substantial enough for the amount of In like appearances case, they have to make. Let's at assume that it is substantial. I I don't know what you'd have to pay me to show up to a place, be an elected official with with that means they something. can spend like a hundred grand running their campaigns. They paid a hundred grand. To, to and get then yelled at. To get elected so that people could yell at them. And they can't say anything. Oh, like, it's awful. I, I just, I, That's why I can't. When, every, when people keep trying to talk to me about running for city council, I'm like, why would I ever do that? Like, <laughs> like, I, why, why would I subject myself to a, landing in a position where I end up hating my fellow residents? I, I just, like, so many, and, and so many people... If you want, if you want one of my favorite representations of what city council is, go watch that vampire show, What We Do in the Dark. (laughs) 
And one of them is just like this he's office an energy guy. He's vampire. an energy vampire. And he goes to city council meetings to just, just to feed off just to feed off the energy of people in the, the room. The misery. The misery. And just watch don't, don't watch what the the characters in the in the show are doing. Watch the actual city council meeting. It is just it's perfect. It's, it's like <laughs> they condense down it's every like every city council meeting. It's like a condensed, consolidated, every little bit of a city council meeting. And you're like, this is horrible. This is oh, yeah. absolutely horrible. And there are people's whole lives that revolve around that. So. And it's it it disgusts me. It's been a while since I've watched Not a city the people council who meeting. care about. So I want everybody to be clear. I'm disgusted by the people who go and like lambast the people. Right. The council members. Yeah. That cannot reply to you. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. The uh, so I haven't watched a city council meeting in quite a while. Yeah, and th- the new thing, and the reason I know that this is a consistent thing is because after the series of comments happened, I then messaged my crew of people in Cerritos, and I was like, "Hey, like, what is this about? This is not in the purview of the city." And it is people who want the city to join other cities in making a declaration against the war that's going on in the in Gaza. Okay. And I'm like, what do you think this town of 50,000 people, city council, <laughs> is going to be able to do mm-hmm. to stop the war I... that's happening in a completely different continent? Like, what What do you think is happening? You know what's the worst part about it is I think one of the council members is supposed to say at the end of when they're talking, the citizen, thank you for your comments. They always say thank you. for. I don't know if they have to, but at some point I'd be like. No, thank you for your comments. (laughs) Thank some of you for your comments. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. I, but there were at least three people there I, I, that have been coming repeatedly. And 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 this is not a position on the war or agreeing with it or disagreeing with it. But what do you want the town of Cerritos to do about the war? And if you didn't know this about Cerritos, mm-hmm. it is one of the most ethnically diverse communities in the entire country. OK, okay. so you're talking about the fact that in our country there are Muslims yeah, there are Jews, mm-hmm. and you're telling the city mm-hmm. that they need to make a proclamation on one side or publicly condemn, like one side over another, in a conflict that they have nothing to do with. Literally, no hand. <laughs> There's no involvement. Like, what is the mental disconnect? I don't. I don't, know, I don't, I don't I know. understand. I don't know. Like that, that's literally like if I went into a hot Dave's chicken, a Dave's hot chicken, or not a hot Dave's. Dave's Dave is super. Dave's got some hot chicken. <laughs> Those chickens. I, to complain about Amazon. Those chickens, like, what? Those chickens be thick. <laughs> like, if I did that, and just to complain about Jeff Bezos, what are you, what are you what gonna is do? What's the cashier? Dave's hot chicken going to do about Jeff Bezos? Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, what do they want? I can't. 
Anyways, so I don't know if that's happening in other cities, but it's... It's happening in every city. <laughs> I don't know. A bunch of lunatics. I don't know. Just talking at people. It's just so Not about Gaza or Israel, just like whatever it is. <sighs> the sidewalks be wildin'. Yeah. I like just, just nonstop. And it's it, it's insane. Absolutely All right. Insane. Well, <laughs> Rob continues. Hope your 2024 <laughs> is starting off, off to a, It's off to a banger. <laughs> 73 Rob K5 DCQ PS what do you call those colors it's an amazing logo oh thank you so much I in fact uh don't have a name for those colors because I didn't make those logos I not, call it not orange that, and green not, that is incorrect <laughs> that's what I call it I don't know what you call I'm it. I'm sure I could Pantone color it for you uh, uh remind me Rob and I'll <laughs> I'll suss it out for you sassafras <laughs> Hope your 2024 is great, too. (laughs) This is sumo orange. (laughs) Yeah. The most delicious of oranges, Mm -hmm. which are in season, by the way. If if you can get your hands on a sumo citrus. Yeah. I I seldom will uh, speak poetically about a a fruit. (laughs) Sumo oranges are fantastic. The perfect citrus fruit. They are so easy to peel. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, like the, the peel just comes off, no problem. There's not uh, there's not a lot of like pith all around it, and the then pith. it is just the sweetest. Like if orange. you think if you think of like what an orange is supposed to taste like, if you were to imagine it, the in best your head, of oranges, it is a sumo orange. Yes, no question. And luckily, it's gotten more and more popular, so you can get them at Trader Joe's, oh. uh, for sure Whole Foods. I order it from an Asian grocer. But by the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it so much. All right. The next email is titled Content Creator Crossovers. And this <laughs> comes from Eric, VA3FYB, Josh and Leia. Okay. First off, happy belated New Year. Thank you. Well, happy you're, New Year and, to you. And you're early for Chinese New Year, which is coming yeah, up soon. He says, I know I'm about a month late or early. Or early. Or two weeks early. Gong hei fa joy. Yeah. We're hosting here, by the way, oh, while you're that? gone. Oh, that's right. You're going to be at Hamcation. Uh, so. Chinese New Year is not on the same day every year. It's not. It's based on the lunar calendar. And so, so sometimes Josh is gone, mm. which stinks because now I'm not going to get any like bun chung. You're not going to get any red envelopes. Oh, my You're getting goodness. nothing. You're getting stiffed. No lacy. So... I have a thing about making Chinese New Year as big of an occasion as we do Christmas. Yeah. Very hard to do in America. Yeah. Especially because of the whole vacation time thing. Leia's just throwing firecrackers at neighbors. <laughs> you have to ward off the bad spirits. <laughs> Which are our neighbors. Yeah. Well, at least one neighbor. City council. Two neighbors. You just throw a pack of firecrackers at the city council. Gong hei fa choy! So, Thank you for your comments. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Throwing the explosives at my face was particularly poignant. That's going in the city record. So we're getting close to the day. It's two weeks away. And my cousin is trying to book her flight from, from New York. Mm-hmm. 
And she's like, so are, are we doing it on the 10th, which is the actual day, or are we doing it on the 17th? Nobody answers her for a Why? Week. Nobody's answered. And so She's just like, trying to book travel. I, <laughs> so, it's two weeks out. Then somebody posts a video of a bunch of ants around a speaker that's playing thunder. <laughs> and <laughs> so many responses. <laughs> And so I feel bad for my cousin. And yeah. I, I I call my mom. I was like, who's hosting this year? Yeah. It's usually one of my aunts. Right. Right. And my mom's like, nobody, nobody's hosting. And I'm like, you will not do this to my children. Okay. <laughs> like, this is unacceptable. So I was like, fine, I'll host. The house mm-hmm. will be clean anyway. Right. You know, because you have to clean for Chinese New Year. And then I'm, I'll just order something from one of the most beloved Chinese restaurants locally. And then I don't have to cook and I'll have to do a setup table. You are going to have to set up tables before you leave. <laughs> okay. And I'll be fine. So you are early for Chinese New Year. The, thank you, Eric. Hope this email finds your family well. I wanted to email into the podcast and make a quick comment on YouTubers with adjacent and overlapping yet distinct content collabing. I love it. I just recently watched Josh's latest video with Mike over at Fieldcraft Survival, and it was great. Oh, thank you for watching. I love it when creators find an overlap in their content and make videos together. It's a great way to spread ideas and interests and also grow each other's communities. Josh's efforts to reach out and work with creators such as Fieldcraft Survival, Not a Rubicon, and The Modern Rogue have no doubt been great for the hobby and brought brand new people into the hobby who would have otherwise never heard of ham radio. Thank you. I am one of said people. Oh, that's awesome. As an example of this, I essentially found Fieldcraft Survival by watching Brian Brushwood's Scam Stuff YouTube channel. Oh, no way. I first found Scam Stuff way back in the day, then obviously found The Modern Rogue, and then found HRCC with your shortwave and windlink videos you did with Brian and Jason. Then I found Fieldcraft Survival because of the videos you did with Mike. Wow. Thus taking me from Scam Stuff to Fieldcraft Survival. Funny where the trail will lead you sometimes. Creators that share a Venn diagram overlap in their content should do this as often as possible. It is always, it was always has a great and positive impact. That I exactly, Eric. I <laughs> you I, nailed it. You nailed it. And yeah. uh, it is <clears throat> it is one of the fastest ways to grow a YouTube channel is to collaborate with other people. And I think that a lot of people who do the collaborations often get in their echo chamber of Mm -hmm. what they make content on when they collaborate with people that are in that sphere and they don't reach out. Now, this is a huge shout out to Mike Lover because he contacted me. Mm -hmm. Mike Lover was very popular, way more popular than me. Yeah. Now and back then, he contacted me, and he has been good nothing guy. Doesn't afraid of anything, but hospitable and nice and welcoming, and like he, the dude's great. The the dude is. I've I've I cannot, I cannot say anything negative about that man. I I've spent time with him, eh, a ton of time, of course, you know. But like when I'm out there, he's super present when you talk to him. He's really smart about the things you know that he's passionate about. 
And the same thing with Brian Brushwood and the same thing with Jason. They're all just like, I have to say that there's so many YouTubers I've met and almost all the time, they are exactly the people yeah. that you see them on video. It's different from what I think like actors are, like actual movie actors. Yeah, and stuff because like that. they're acting like other people. They're playing a part. Yeah. Fine. But they're, they, they have, they're on, right? They're, they're on like when they, when they go do a press junket. And you right. watch them on a show. Mm -hmm. Like they are playing themselves as the actor that they right. are. Right. Mm -hmm. When you run into a YouTuber and you actually like talk to them. Authenticity. There is so much authenticity to YouTubers. I'm, I'm not saying we're anything like movie stars or anything like that. And no way. But I just love that about the, the, the fact that we can do what we do. It's so much fun to me. It's so cool. It's so great. And shout out to Mike Lover. Shout out to everybody that I've been able to collaborate with. And I'm hopefully going to be doing some more stuff uh, with with other people that are adjacent semi uh, within radio. It, it's going to be great. I, I'm hoping for a great year. All right. Eric continues. As a side note, I often hear Josh profess that an antenna is better than no antenna. It's like a gun. It's better than no gun. That there is no, quote unquote, perfect antenna. Yeah. And there will always be compromises, so just get the darn thing in the air. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Avoid analysis paralysis. I got caught up in it, too, and just go for it. I wanted to share my measly antenna setup as an example that even compromised antennas can do great. Yes. I've got an Alpha Delta DX LB Plus 160 meter to 10 meters. See, this is what I'm talking about. Everybody always describes the, like, band coverage. Right. That their antenna has. Right. And I just think the alpha antenna hextenna solves so much. Oh, sure. For accessibility to bands. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a trap dipole about 40 feet in the air, haphazardly strapped uh, to a galvanized TV antenna tower. Nice. And set up as an inverted V. Look at that, Eric. Yeah. Made, made some stuff work. Obviously a shortened and compromised antenna, but it works. In addition, I currently have to use an antenna tuner frequently as the winter in southwest Ontario has thrown off my SWR curve on most bands that I dialed during the summer of 2023. Check your traps, bro. <laughs> Even though there are much better antenna options, just do what you can and get that thing on the air. For context, here are two pictures of the DX and POTA stations I hunted over 2023 on this subpar antenna setup, all single sideband contacts. Nice. Even using only 100 watts on single sideband, a high noise floor, and compromise antenna, you will surprise yourself as to how well you can do if you're new to the hobby. It, it's... And I'm going to show it to you. Oh, Oh this wow! Twenty twenty three. He got wow. That is way from more. Ontario into Greenland, Finland. I guess Greenland is a straight what's the, shot. What is, is that? Finland. This, the one that's straight up. This is. Is that a part of Greenland or is no. that a part of Canada? That's a part of like the North Pole. Here. That's the Arctic Circle. The. Oh really? That's like the oh, North flat Pole. Flat maps are so confusing. Okay. The Mercator to, projection. Yeah. So into Finland, looks like. Something in Italy. Looks like something in Italy. <laughs> Portugal, Spain. That's great. Okay. Portugal was the superpower ones. Oh my gosh. Look <gasps> at that. Oh, that's impressive. That's great, man. That is amazing. Y you know, it's it's one of the most freeing things and then also one of the most like 
Ontario into Hawaii. Not trapping you, but like it, it's a it's a shocking realization. Once you are free and understand what building an antenna is like, you realize, well, I can pretty much do whatever I want, right? Right. But then you're kind of always chasing capabilities. Right. Like, I got to put up another antenna to get this. I got to put up another antenna to get this. And I want the convenience of just being able to go in my shack, you know, click, click onto another antenna, and then I've yeah. got that band. I click, click, and I've got the antenna, and I'm on that band. You're always going to do that to some degree once you understand how antennas work. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be little tweaks and things that you do to your antennas to try and improve your situation. And that's going to factor in the land you're in, the space you have available to you, all that stuff, right? And it affects every ham. I'm betting you K3LR sits asleep at night thinking about how he can improve on his <laughs> And you're talking about a guy who has, I mean, I rough estimate is m probably multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'm guessing, right? Probably close to 200. I don't know who one. this is you're talking about. It's the CEO of DX Engineering. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great guy. Love K3LR. But like, even he is sitting there thinking, you know, if I just did this, like if I <laughs> Like it, it, it's like a guy, it's like a, it's like a, a person, anyone who gets into like eking out more horsepower in their car. Mm -hmm. There's, there's never really an end, right? You're just always thinking about the next thing. I mean, if that's a part of the hobby that you enjoy, somebody just, some people just want things that work and they want to get on the air. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm going to yes. And you yes. And until they have the situation of. That one station that they can't completely copy. Oh, this is like fishing. And then they hear a local station. The bass that got away. They hear a local station that's making the contact with that <laughs> station, and they can't. And they're like, I wonder what he did. And then you look up their call sign on QRZ. Okay. And they've got a picture of their antennas. It sounds like you're intimately. And you're uh, like, I, I could do that. I could do that. I wonder, would I have been able to make that contact? Right. Th that happens. That That's like all the time. That's happening. You got daily. some real ham FOMO. No, every ham does this. Every, every ham does this. Okay. Every, at, at some point, if they get into HF, they're definitely doing this. There's no question. All right. I love you. I love you like that. I'm the weird one. <laughs> like, I, I love that. I love that. Well, Eric signs off. Thank both of you guys you. for the continued awesome YouTube videos and podcast episodes. 73, Eric, VA3FYB. Love your comments, too, on the uh, collaborations. Thank you so much, Eric. The next email is titled Pennsylvania Dutch Ham Green Bean and oh, Potato this Soup. is why we got all those emails. It's because of that ham soup. <laughs> this is from Todd, KJ7JHH. He has, in fact, linked me oh, to what go. is... Uh, from simplyseasonal.com, the best Pennsylvania Dutch ham, green bean, the and potato pride soup. of the Pennamites. This one has bow tie pasta in it. Oh. And the beans are green beans, not bean beans. Green beans. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, There's another one that he's I'm linked to. I'm navy bean in my head. 
there's another one he's linked me to that doesn't include green beans. And I think that this recipe is actually like what you picture, what I saw in the pictures. Mm -hmm. And it's called Pennsylvania Dutch ham pot pie recipe. And it's from Deliciably. I'm going to show you a picture. So Pennsylvania Dutch. Oh, so that's like flat noodles. That's like a hand cut noodle. Yeah. And okay. And it's also, uh, so it has the potatoes in it. It has a hand-cut noodles. That's almost like I a actually flat saw... ravioli that is a noodle. No, I take that back. I saw wide noodles being used, but that's that's fine. There was no green in the soup that I saw mm-hmm. originally. Mm-hmm. And the chunks of ham looked like they were cut up cubes of ham. And I, and I need to know. Leah, I feel like this is a, a, like a hobo stew that you're cooking up in your head, like a stone soup. Like it's it's possibly... A recipe that's just what you have on hand. No. Okay. No, she she called it ham potato soup. Yeah, it is because ham and potatoes is in it and noodles. It's what I mean, that's the basis of many things. But I I guess you think there's a board that people that make the the soup can go and yell at them about. There's a traditional way to make it. And I would like it in the most traditional, typical way. But it appears that there's a variety of different hams that are being used. Well, that and it's probably very colloquial. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Todd. I will try at least one of these recipes, I am sure. Because I need to know what this other Ben. I'm still I'm still wild about the the noodles and the potatoes. That's a hat on a hat. That's why you have to try it. Uh, Don't knock it till you try it. No, no. Leia, hat on a hat is never a bad bad thing. Oh. It's like you're you're buttering the steak, right? Like that's a hat on a hat. Okay. I like butter on a steak. Yes, of course. Everyone does. Okay. The next email is titled... Game wardens and recent ham stuff. And this comes from the Leatherman, oh, Wes. All right. So I was out killing the game and <laughs> getting it from my leather. And Hello. I had my welder on. <laughs> Hello, everyone in podcast land. When I watch TV shows, I get really interested in shows that are actually possible. Mm. Joe Pickett is a TV show on Paramount Plus about a Wyoming game warden that is a Ooh. good show. I can suspend disbelief if the show is advertised to be fantasy or something, but these outrageous cop shows drive me crazy, except Walker, Texas Ranger. What? <laughs> oh, no. Chuck uh, Norris. Like outrageous. Is Chuck... <laughs> Walker, Texas Ranger is outrageous. I'm not the um actually guy, but I get bored. Joe Pickett is a great show, but the hardest part of the show was watching him transmit into the radio on his dash, where you see the back of his radio and you can see the antenna jack is empty. Oh no! Oh, oh they need the Leave the World Behind crew to come in for for continuity. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But his truck is bad A, so I can live with it. The radio portrayal is very accurate with them having trouble with radios in the valleys and having to go onto peaks for radio service. Overall, 9 out of 10 for the show. Not very preparedness, but a cool show. Also, I found out that Joe Pickett is a book series as well. 24 books, and they are so much better than the show. I am listening to them on Audible and Spotify. Thank Interesting. You. Well, thank you for that shout out and idea. 
I got an appliance operator's tumbler from Ham Tactical, and this thing works great. I love it. Note to oh, others, don't you. don't wash it with too hot of water because the logo will come off. Oh, no. Okay. Wes, send me a message about this. Yeah. And, and by the way, shout uh, I still love the tumbler, though, he says. Y- you, you, that's going to happen. Like, that's not special to us. That's true. Okay. Let, let's just say that. Not saying that, you know, anyway, that's not the point. If it's silk screened on, right, or, you know, how they do the adhesive, like mm-hmm. that, yeah, you got to you got to treat that delicately. You, you do. It can't go in the washing, the dishwasher most of the time. And definitely not the washing machine. Yeah. All of your um, San Clemente Island stuff, I'm not allowed to put in the dishwasher and I have to like wash. Oh, them. yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I don't put any of that in there. I, I you don't wash any of it. That's why. <laughs> There's this. It's so amazing. I put things on the counter <laughs> and it just shows up clean. It's crazy. I don't know how it works. Well, thanks for letting me in on that secret, Josh. But uh, also at the same time, I also figured like if you pick that up and you see that fox, you're like, I can't let this get destroyed. Right. right. There's no way. On to the ham stuff. Today, I went to a ham fest and bought two crates of various coax cables for $140, mostly RG8X and LMR400 in long runs. I was stoked because now I can properly bury my cables underground in a pipe to my antenna. Oh, I have modified an 11 meter beam for 10 meters and hooked it to a rotor at 18 feet. It works great for DX and local CB stuff. Absolutely. In the mornings, I turn it to Europe and in the evenings, Japan and South Korea. I love the performance. I enjoyed doing this and also took my radial wire from the chameleon and fed half wave and made an 80 meter vertical. The ground plane is the barbed wire fence and it turns on every band with my Z11 Pro 11. That's that's so cool. You can see the video on it on my YouTube channel, Easy Amateur Radio. The Pro 11. That's a new way of saying the prole. It's a pro two. It said it has eleven. I didn't make that up. I know. Look. Okay. No. 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 This is none of our faults, except for the people that make it, which is LDG. <laughs> they leave us to our own devices, and I called it a prol on video to screw around with people, and everybody got big bad. Like, it's a pro two. There was a pro one. Like, how do I know? That's a numbering system that seems like it is sequential, but problematic in other ways. Yes. <laughs> Wes continues, it's a crude video because it's hard for me to find the time to edit them and overlay audio like I would like, but I just wanted to get it out. Good for you. Yeah, dude. Excellent. Go check out Easy Amateur Radio on YouTube. Check out the Leatherman. I... Also, I tuned up the barbed wire fence using the fence as a radiating element with a hundred watts and a tuner. I was able to get out on Whisper and make several FT8 contacts. I have metal T posts, so every eight feet I am getting ground loss. Mm -hmm. Lastly, I became a quote unquote Elmer. I dislike the term. My friend is in the. I do too. Really? Why? I like mentor. Elmer just seems so stodgy. Okay, Leia. Maybe maybe because of the current? That's a, That looks like prole. Prole. Yes, I know. It's a prole. It's a prole. It's a prole auto tutor. It doesn't even have a dash. I, 
<laughs> like, what do you mean? And there's no space. It's a part of the word. Why would anybody assume that that was numbers? I know. Because there's a pro one, Leia. That would just Don't be you know a prol. A pro one? <laughs> Instead of a prol, I like be a, a proline tuner. <laughs> I like to lean on it, so it's a proline. I like the word Elmer. To me, it, it it denotes like a friendly teacher, a big brother type. All of those, all those words, totally yeah. true. It doesn't have I'm to be still... stodgy. You you have a connotation because of some experiences you must have had. I've been asking my Elmer people... is you. So... <laughs> I've been asking people to refer to me as uh, Commissar K I six N A Z. Lord, 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 Lord K I six N A Z. There's a certain gravitas, General Isimo, <laughs> the rank of one in ham radio. Isn't that Gordo? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. I am the uh, what? What's the uh, what's the name for a basically, a lieutenant? <laughs> no, the the name of like the assistant to like the general. That's not a lieutenant. No, that's a lieutenant. We just that's British for lieutenant. I know. All right. Aide de camp. And it is spelled exactly the wildest way that you would expect it to be. So aide is A I D E uh-huh. space D E uh-huh. space camps. Aide oh. de camp. Oh. That's a nice way of saying the secretary of the, the general I or see. whatever. So I'm the aide de camp to, uh, to Gordo. Wouldn't the aide de camp now be the A double R L? Because they're publishing his books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. My friend is in the military and was recently shipped to Japan to set up Invis and UHF VHF with some islands. He, what? He came over and had me explain some stuff to him. The military made him get his technician license. Well, that's so hilarious. Like, he's like, uh, I'm doing this thing for the military, the w- world's largest, strongest military power, and I need you to tell me how the antennas work. <laughs> that's amazing. It was awesome to be able to teach someone who was actually interested yeah, and wanted yeah. practical solutions. My favorite part of the day was when I asked him what radios they use. And he said, well, some people get Harris's and other get, others get Baofeng, ah! depending on how what? important you are. What? <laughs> Wait. Wait. <laughs> what a stark realization. <laughs> This is my $10,000 Harris encryption capable. Nobody's even looking at. Red spectrum transmitting and receiving radio. And here is the lieutenant's $18 Baofeng. Nobody's looking at like patches on uniforms or anything decorated. The combo guys are all looking at what radio you have. That's how we know where the decision makers are. Or where who can call in the airstrike. That is ridiculous. I have. I need. I need evidence. Like I need an email (laughs) explaining. Someone explain this. Someone needs to be held accountable for what just happened here. That's insane. I have come up with a tongue-in-cheek motto for my ham journey. Everyone is welcome to steal it. So often, hams get caught up in getting the best performance out of everything they have and constantly stress about tweaking stuff until they're perfect and then get really upset when something goes wrong. Well, my motto has become, don't get it right, just get it on the air. 
Now, obviously, get your SWR yeah. right. But other than that, just get on the air. Stop stressing and enjoy the hobby. Yep. But hey, that's just me. Besides, we are in the solar cycle. You can sneeze on a coat hanger and make a contact. Seriously. I hope my message encourages others. As like always, it. not allergic to be 1.5x Wes the Leatherman. Did he say not allergic to be? Bees. Okay. P.S. Just, just one B. I really need you to hear this, Josh. There's okay. a P.S. Okay. Leah, I'm with you. The CW Lounge can go and my feelings won't be hurt. But hey, that's why we can skip forward. <laughs> Let's love You're the pod the still, though. doesn't listen to the CW Corner? He's like, Wes, I can't skip ahead. <laughs> I can't skip ahead. I had so much respect for you, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Wes. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. I just don't like to hear the recorded evidence of human torture. <laughs> the next email is titled ICOM7610. And this comes from Scott KF0CAY. Greetings, Josh and Leah. Very much appreciate your podcast. Oh, Content is great. and But the humor and levity keeps me turning in. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. Josh, could you do a program on the IC7610? Perhaps you've done one in the past and I have missed it, mm -hmm. but I didn't see it on YouTube. I haven't. And actually, every month I do a patron picks episode where I let the patrons at the producer level vote on the video that I will do for the first live stream of the month. And for quite a while now, that video has been on the list and it gets votes i wouldn't say it's the front runner but it definitely gets a lot of votes i plan on doing it um but considering how much stuff i have to cover it always seems to be the next video or the one after mm. that right to get to it's it is the perfect radio for me in demonstrating video it mm -hmm. has all the things i need Mm -hmm. to to demonstrate and use effectively that's why i like it so much and it is also fairly complex that like a single video on it is almost like impossible mm. right right so there's a lot there's a lot of meat and bones there a lot of meat and bones yeah it's a real pennsylvania soup <laughs> that's meat and potatoes all right <laughs> Scott signs off. Thank you both very much, Scott. KF0CAY. Well, hopefully that video gets made for you. It, it's on the list. It's It will happen. I just don't know when. The next email is titled Digital Poda for the Soul. Oh. And this comes from Alabama Andrew, KQ4APD. Whenever I think about Alabama Andrew, I think about his beautiful ham shack. <laughs> the work we all put in for that. <laughs> Hello. That's our ham shack. That's <laughs> you defend that. That's right. <laughs> With your life, Andrew. Bad. There's a lot riding on that ham shack. Hello, Leah, Josh, and the HRCC fam. Sorry that you have to read out loud what could clearly be a voicemail. I haven't fully regained my voice back yet from oh, being no. sick at the beginning of the year. I'm so sorry. I think we're all kind of in that boat. I wonder if my voice is always going to sound we're this just, congested. We're just all out there struggling. This past week has been unprecedentedly unprecedentedly mm. cold in Alabama with temps being as low as 15 degrees 
Oh my gosh. At times throughout the night into early morning. Even Utah that wasn't is, that cold. That is cold. Which kills any motivation to get out of a warm, cozy bed and do anything outside. That's the truth. That's how I feel when it rains. Yeah, I, I'm very impressed by people Yeah, who just get out of bed when it's that cold. Yeah, like when it's raining, I'm like, oh, you know, Mother Nature really doesn't want me to block the ground and, from and, the rain. And Leah, that's that's literally you not wanting to get out of bed because ambiance. Yeah. <laughs> it's not actually you're cold. You mentally might feel cold, but the temperature in the house is 70 degrees. It yeah. always is. But But then... When you add snow and ice and it's like, oh, but now the weather is trying to turn you into an ice cube and the ground is trying to make you fall down. <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's so much respect to the <laughs> to the people who are keeping Temperature on. Temperature deprived. Yes. Heat deprived. <laughs> Even more so to hike out and do some poda at my local parks. Yeah, I would definitely not do a poda in that. I mean, I don't think I'd do anything in that weather. <laughs> so, do you, do you know that as a Californian when I did that Utah video, someone commented on it and they're like, "Why didn't you just like run the coax into the truck cuz I was using the longer piece of coax?" Yeah. And that is literally the most California thing <laughs> that happened that I never even thought about that. Because at no time do I ever do a poda where I'm thinking, this would be great from inside my car. Because it's always so nice outside that like that is that is where one does the poda, outside. I never even fathomed bringing my coax into the truck to do it, which I totally could have done. Like there is... <laughs> There is no problem with achieving that goal. And I didn't, it didn't even enter my mind. The scenery was so beautiful in Utah, though. This is the real, like, snow is so deceptive because it's so gorgeous. It's like so oh, pretty. Dude, I love, I love Utah. I love, well, I love Utah in the winter. I don't know that I would like it in the summer. I think Utah is probably great all year round. I, you are full of it. <laughs> A couple of days later, it finally warmed up enough to make poda bearable. What what temperature would that be? Like 70? <laughs> 50? Mm? For, like 50 for sure. 40, 30 is like, no. <laughs> Straight out. <laughs> but, I mean, a 15 degree swing could have been, could have been 30. It could have been. Yeah. Because I didn't have much of a voice at that time, I got worried I would miss an opportunity to do some poda. Then I remembered seeing operators on FT8 calling CQ poda. Yeah. After some research, I found out those of those voiceless ilk could poda and chill and still have fun. Literally chill. Loading up my revised gear set. Loading up my revised gear set, I set out to my favorite local spot, a K. 3703 Ruffner Mountain Nature Preserve pulled into the parking lot to start setting up for a warm and toasty vehicle activation. A thing people can do. Before, <laughs> Before I could finish setting my station up, an employee walked up saying that somebody had complained about what I was doing and was asking if I could move my setup elsewhere. 
What? What? <laughs> what? The entitlement. You're, you're like, outside this is and land. it's cold. What, what is your problem? Go back inside, cranky Kathy. <laughs> what? Like if you, it, maybe if you set up like over the top of a couple picnicking, like if the antenna was lofted over them, like, like right maybe? on their picnic basket. But it's it's like fifteen degrees outside. What is no, happening? It's warmer. So thirty degrees outside. Sure. What what is happening? So instead of arguing with them on if I had the right to be there or not, I packed up my equipment and decided that I should take a hike and set up inside the preserve okay after hiking around most of the day i finally found some picnic tables and reset up my equipment and called poda ft8 mm-hmm. alabama andrew you are such a classy kind person that you would pack up and be like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna hike it <laughs> I, I I think I would have tried to figure out who it was. It had to have been. Was only... it you? <laughs> was it you? Well, the, there, how, many how many people, people? could there have been? <laughs> There's like one guy that's like sheepishly not looking at you. You know, I think we, we're going to end up shocked. We're going to get Alabama Andrew is going to tell us that there were like over a dozen people there. That it's totally normal in Utah to be outdoors. Not Is it Utah? No, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Al, uh, well, Alabama, <laughs> right? Uh, that it's totally normal to in Alabama to... Dude, half of the people that were at that lake, and there was probably 20 people. See? That's and they were literally... There was a pier, right? There was a pier where they, they do the boats. The pier water, all that whole area was frozen. They oh. were sitting on chairs on the ice next to the pier and drilling holes Oh, did they catch anything? Yeah, people were catching. Oh, it was awesome. That sounds great. I yes. I'm gonna need an ice house though. I think because Anthony Bourdain really sold me on the ice house. Dude, he that, went to. A, it was in Quebec. It was the Quebec episode. Yeah, and there was a wood fire stove in there, and there, then they they literally took foie gras and put it on yeah, the stove and put. Really, like, that's why it really got me. Yeah, I, of course. It I did. feel like that's an experience I need to have. I showed you that video of the ice house where they had the camera submerged under the ice. Yes, and they had a TV watching yeah. the camera uh-huh. and it was looking at the lures in the water at the fish yeah they were live yeah so they knew the if fishing. they got a fish it's amazing so cool such I, a good idea that's why i'm saying it needs a nice house that's <laughs> the, you're you're the person that's like go ahead drag the ice out on, onto the ice set it all up and then call me yeah. and then i will deign you I with my presence i would help you i would help you would my you? lord would you <laughs> yes of course. You're like, I'm going to go set up the inside of the ice house. <laughs> I got us a nice rug. <laughs> it covers the hole that we're going to fit. <laughs> no, there's a hole in the rug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Alabama Andrew says, success, it worked. The digital context began to flow in. But alas, this activation would be cut short. If somebody else asked you to move, I'm going to be so mad. After the 11th QSO, it started to rain. Oh, no. I hurriedly packed up my equipment and ran back to the truck just in time for the bottom to fall out of the sky. Even though the activation got cut short, it was a fun and successful activation in the books. Okay. 
Im- imagine if you didn't move <laughs> how much been... more time you would have been. I don't know how long. I don't know how far you hiked. But... I wonder what like I wonder if like he had just said to the park ranger. Oh, OK, thanks. Right. They just can't say, make you move. No, no. Just say like, OK, thanks. Because how does he know you're transmitting? How does he know what you're doing? It's just a wire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm done. But Alabama Andrew would not do that because he's Southern, as I've learned recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, the Southern population is, like, the Canadians of the country. Uh, not all of them. (laughs) But what if if you just said, like, oh, no, yeah, I'm done. I'm just warming up and then I'm going to pack up. He doesn't know your trans. Nobody knows what you're doing. So you just say like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm done. I've been done for a while. I, I'm just trying to warm up a little bit. I'm letting the car warm. You know, I'm good. I'm taking. I'm doing some emails." You know what's funny is if the person who complained was a sad ham who just didn't like the interference. On the it was another back. ham. Yeah. He saw you do an FT8. And he's yeah. like, well, Polo should only be single sideband. <laughs> oh boy. Well, on to a little podcast reviews. CW Lounge. I love the hilarious chaos that the CW Lounge (laughs) has brought to the podcast. However, do you think it is best for Leia to try and learn Morse code right now on top of studying for the general exam? This is a poignant question, Andrew, that I appreciate as being asked by somebody aside from me. (laughs) Maybe it should be put on hiatus until after Leia passes the general. Maybe it should. Instead, extend the Leia, would you like to take a test segment? No, I'll tell you. Here's what we'll do, Andrew. If she actually starts studying outside of the podcast with any sort of intention of actually getting the license, then yes. Because at the pace of five questions per podcast and wanting to be proficient in each sub-element, Leia might not get all the sub-elements done by Halloween. Even if we doubled the amount of questions she took (laughs) during the license practice, that would be 10 questions out of 500 questions. Leia ain't getting there on the pace we're on, guys. So this isn't so much about Leia getting the thing more than it's a part of the content that goes into the podcast. If Leia would like to postpone the CW lounge and show any monicum of effort in the studying. Is that all it takes? Yes. You're just going to see me doing some hands. Well, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, oh. <laughs> see what she did there? See, did you catch that, kids at home? Dear listener? See me studying. <laughs> Meaning that like she's doing who knows what. <laughs> and she hears me come home like, oh, time to switch over to ham study. It's time, it's time to start pretending. Like all these ham questions. <laughs> Whoa, could there be any more ham questions? <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if, you, she, you, if the that HRCC was... cookbook was just all ham recipes? Leia, that was the most Edison response to a question. So you're saying, like, if you just see me doing something you like, like, that's good enough? (laughs) Just immediately looking for the loophole. Immediately. He had to get it from someone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I don't have that in me either, but I was fairly clear on what I meant. (laughs) I just need to study, right? (laughs) I just, no, no, no. You're, 
particularly saying, I just need to see you studying. How would you know if I was studying? I don't know. If you didn't the see practice me exam studying. history. So I just need to show you the, the exam history. Are we setting numbers now? Like how many practice sessions, uh, session exams a day? How many? How many hours? How many would it take? How many hours? How many hours? You you tell me. How many would it take? (laughs) Practice exams that you fully get through a day. Yeah. How many would it take? Well, how many are you willing to commit to before we before I throw a wild number out there like you're a council member? (laughs) One. Two. I mean, two is two is getting there. Would three do it? (laughs) Three would probably do it. Okay. You're saying you would you'd be willing to do three practice exams a day to not do the CW lounge <laughs> a week. Maybe. <laughs> well, I, okay. Think about it. <laughs> now we're just negotiating. How long would you need to see? <laughs> like, are you, you going to check every day? <laughs> or like <laughs> I just want to know. I guess the oversight it's in, I, looks. Like. I guess it's until the VE say you passed. <laughs> That's one way. But then once once the VE say I passed, then I'm already starting CW lounge again. You could get your extra. <laughs> All right. Well, you have options. <laughs> Andrew continues, HRCC Movie Club, love that you two are doing this, mostly because you two will hopefully get to watch and rate my two favorite disaster movies, Volcano and Towering Inferno. Those are so schmaltzy. Both great classic disaster they movies are in my books. <laughs> I We might. We might. Go add it to the list if it's not already. I think it prob- I think they probably both are. Oh, before I go, you may have noticed that there was a DX Commander mast in one of my photos for Christmas. My wife got me a DX Commander classic and 200 feet of M&P Extra Flex Berry 7, along with other ham shack tools. I love this. I love I love that she's supporting the hobby. Like Berry, B-A-R-R-Y? That's my Barry, my Barry Flex. B-U-R-Y. Isn't that Barry? Yeah, like direct Barry. Yeah. Okay. So new goal for 2024 is to assemble the classic and get it up before Ham Radio 2.0 does. Uh, You will have no problem uh, probably beating him. I think he's never going to do it. Oh, no. I already know what's going to. I mean, come on. We all know what the. We all know what the climactic finale of this is. Callum comes to literally Callum flies out from the UK <laughs> to build Jason's DX commander. Wow. What like a, we all know. Come on. What a collab. Yeah. 73s and bees with messy hair are called frisbees. What would be really funny if this is like a like this is this is how you deeply this is how we deeply do the magic on this one, okay? Think of this video. Mm-hmm. It's a collaboration between Jason and Callum, right? Okay. That's a video. Like there's yes. a, a video of a DX commander traveling out to the United States, the whole thing. Maybe he comes out for Hamvention, a big deal, like a big, like the way Hayden did it, right? Yeah. And then Jason's talking about it. But then DX commander is colluding with other creator hams. Mm-hmm. And he comes out, right? Yeah. Jason believes that Callum is going to build the antenna. Mm-hmm. 
And the day that Callum comes over to build the antenna, they go to the backyard and it's already built. <laughs> and then, like, Mike and I run out of the bushes. <laughs> We're like, we built it. <laughs> and then it's our video that we post after. Of our building clandestine radio two <laughs> of our clandestine <laughs> building the DS commander under dark <laughs> in his backyard. That there it is, there it is. It's done. See, yeah, <laughs> it's like that is literally the, 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 the like the excitement I have on that is the same way I felt about the Costco sample situation. <laughs> and you could make this one happen. I could do. We could do this. We, this could be a thing. All right, and everybody just play cool when you yeah. go down. Okay, don't don't tip off Jason. Yeah, please don't don't ruin the plan. Don't 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 ruin it. We'll get Tank involved too. T- having Tank be the one that unveils it would be oh, <laughs> chef's kiss on that one. Then he will have never put together a DX event ever. He'll never be able to do ever. it. ever. He'll never be able to buy another DX commander. He's got like five and- probably. <laughs> And that's Alabama Andrew KQ4 APD PS. Since there, uh, since much of the voice hasn't returned, I will leave a pun here. I went to Best Buy to get a TV in the cheap. Employee said we have uh, on one for one, we have one for one dollar in the back, but the volume is stuck on full. I guess that's something I can't turn down. <laughs> I can't wait for you to come back on voice. Yeah, <laughs> I butchered that. Wait. I'm so sorry. Leah's. <laughs> she she does a lot of things amazing. That yeah. was not great. I'm normally a very good reader. <laughs> I like to read. <laughs> Thank you so much, <laughs> Andrew. I can't wait to see how your DX commander turns out. Mm-hmm. The next email is titled Antenna Advice, and this comes from Josh, KK7MHF. Greetings from Utah. Greetings. Oh, from Utah. I'm looking for an antenna recommendation. I am a new general. I got my ticket on the 19th. Congratulations. Congratulations. The rig I'm running now is for a Shegu G90 with a Buddy Pole Pro. I want to invest in a better antenna and wonder which route I should go. My budget oh. is about $600 for now, and I was looking at the DX Commander. I've also considered the HOA Buster gutter setup. I don't have an HOA where I live, but I do live close to an airport. I would also like to keep it as stealthy as possible. Oh, okay. Any recommendations would be appreciated. So the HOA Buster is going to be the stealthiest one. Yes. No question. Obviously. A long wire antenna is probably going to be stealthy, right? That's going to be the way to go. You can check out Alpha Antenna. They have a ton of these options too, of course. And thank you for the sponsorship again on this episode. DX Commander is also a fine option, but it is going to literally stand out (laughs) in whatever yard you put it in. How long does it take to deploy the DX Commander? No, so I I think what he's trying to say is that he's looking for like a permanent solution. Mm. So a buddy pole is going to be something that is portable. It's going to be something that you adjust for the band that you're going to operate on. Mm -hmm. The same as the Hextenna. It's going to be adjusted for the band you want to operate on. And if you want to change bands, you'll have to adjust the the antenna. Mm -hmm. It sounds like he's... He's wanting what many hams want is you wake up in the morning, you know, blurry eyed, 
you just made your coffee and you want to sit down in front of your radio early in the morning and hold it with two hands as you listen softly to the noises that come out of the box, right? You don't necessarily want to be monkeying around with an antenna in the backyard sure. it's 30 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. So HOA, HOA Buster is going to be stealthy, particularly if you go with that uh, long wire option, right? Because it, it's two forms, right? You can do the, the gutter setup or you can do the long wire setup that will get you, you know, multi-band capability. The DX Commander is the same thing. It's just it's it's going to stand freely in wherever you put it. Six hundred dollars, though, you can you could build a sky loop if you wanted to. I don't know how much land you have. See, that's the thing I don't I don't know here. You have many options. Since I I don't know enough of the details of your your home, the trees you may have in your area, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, you might want to get yourself the AWRL antenna book or a wire antenna book and look into that a little bit and see what best utilizes your space. If you could put up a really nice multi-band long wire antenna, I think you'll be like really happy with where you're at versus, you know, where you want to be kind of thing. And then you'll maybe find something that you might want to change into a, a, a variety of options. If you got kids and dogs and all that stuff running around, sometimes the DX Commander might not be the best thing because there's guidelines to it and something to trip over, mm -hmm. gardeners, et cetera, et cetera. There's too, many, there's too many variables with the DX Commander that I can't just say like, oh, yes, it's the best option for you because I don't know. Um, so, I well, mean, Josh, write back, answer the yeah. questions, and Josh can oh, yeah. help you narrow it down. The, yeah, please, please send us another email. Happy to help. Josh signs off. Thanks again for all the content on the podcast and all you guys do for the hobby. Well, thank you for listening. And yep. that's Josh, KK7MHF. Well, thank you very much. Look forward to hearing back from you. The next email is titled Enabling Ham Operators at Southern California Desert Sites. Ooh. And this comes from Kevin, KJ6LFG. Hi, Land Josh, longtime listener. Well, thank you thank so you. much. Like many of your local folks, K6ARK, etc., I have a longtime affinity with the desert. Okay, fine. I'm not as skilled as K6ARK, and I'm fine with that. You know, it's okay. I don't know that anyone is really. It's true. Right he is. He is a true pinnacle. Anyhow, in many of the remote desert areas of California, there are many well-maintained desert cabin sites that would serve well as operating sites. Oh. Many are in canyons, but some are on ridges that would promote decent propagation. My question is, if I was to stock these cabins with feed line and antennas, what would you suggest? Some operate in canyons, but some do not. Many of the Jeep operators that pull up at the cabins only have tech licenses also. There are rare occasions where they can hit an LOS repeater, but not likely. Hmm. So stock the cabins with feed line and antennas. Interesting. I'm assuming the cabins are probably like of earthen manufacture, so like wood or... Something non-metal. I, I don't know, right? I, I don't know. Do you, why, by stock the antenna, you mean and install a, a permanent antenna on the cabin? No. So uh, I'm guessing if this is anything like some of the hiker cabins that exist on, on summits and whatnot, people will leave supplies there. Oh. For other people that are coming through. 
And so I think he's implying that he would leave like a wire antenna or something like that. Wow. That, That's super That cool. would be really generous. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's not meant for someone to be like, oh, this is mine now. Like it, it's meant to stay there and to be available to other people. So immediately off the top of my head, I would say put a roll up J pole in there, like a you know, yeah, and and nine TAX, a Ed Fong, you know, a number of options there. You can go watch my videos on that, and that's going to be of immediate value to a technician. It's going to okay. be it's going to serve them better. I would I would probably just start there, uh, but then as far as like an HF antenna, pretty much any end fed half wave is probably going to be fine. If you're on a ridge line, though, then it's possible that it needs like a mast. And so that those antennas might be better suited to where there is a tree that they can throw a line over. And so you might want to leave a little baggie in there to be the throw bag that they put a couple rocks in and chuck it over the line. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Evan signs off. Thanks for the help. That's a great Evan, KJ6LFG73. Looking for group. I like it. You are, uh, you are quite a generous soul. Yeah, it's really nice. The next email is titled Ham Update. Ooh. And this comes from David KJ5DXS. Dear Leah and Josh, Texas travel tip. The next time y'all visit Austin, take a trip south on Highway 71 to a town named Ellinger. There's a gas station called Hruska's, and they sell some of the best kolaches. Kolaches, right? I have had. I don't. Okay. I'm intrigued. I especially recommend the sauerkraut and sausage snack. Most delicious. Thanks for that, David. What just happened? What did you call those? What is the food? A kolach? K-O-L-A-C-H-E. There's actually one near where the kids take. Oh, they're like pastries. Yeah. They're like pasty kitchen paste pastries mm, they're like open-faced almost like a danish it looks like oh really mm-hmm. that place is never open there's one wait near i'm where seeing the kids lots of different pictures kung fu and i always wanted to try it but it's never open by the time i get down there for lessons it's i am seeing many different is it a varieties breakfast food? of this is that why they're not it's open? like a kolach like a uh like a the way the vietnamese do it like ban i don't like, think so it's like I'm seeing all kinds. I'm seeing savory ones. I'm seeing sweet ones. That sounds the, delicious, though. The savory ones look like pasties, and the the uh, sweet ones look like open-faced danishes. I have no idea. But uh, we will check it out, David. <coughs> David continues, Leia, here's a tip for calculating electronic circuits to help you with your test. For parallel resistance, parallel inductance, and series capac- capacitance, calculating these values is not difficult, but it is quite involved. The test sheet I have for you is the calculated values for these will be lower than the lowest value asked about in the question. For example, calculate the parallel the parallel resistance for circuit containing a 10 ohm, 20 ohm, and 30 ohm resistors. The parallel resistance of this circuit comes to 5.46 ohms, which is less than 10 ohms. That, Did that help you, Leah? Really does help me. Thank Good. you for that hack. That's fantastic. Also, did you order the turmeric cereal? I didn't. I just ordered turmeric powder. Mm-hmm. So the but Kolok or I think Kolach, Kolach, Kolach. Oh, Kolach. It's Maybe. Kolach. Yeah, okay. It's cake. It means cake or pie. Oh, it's a pie. All right. In in uh, Czech, 
or Slovak. Okay. Well, David continues, also Kewpie mayonnaise is my favorite. That's because it is delicious. Okay, I'm going to give you all a recipe that I've been uh, passing around recently because I realized that most people don't have any idea how to eat this. It's going to sound super weird, but you're going to take a can of tuna and some hot rice, some Kewpie mayo, and seaweed rice topper. And you're going to mix it all up and you're going to roll them into balls and then you eat them like that. That's it. It's delicious. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've got some Kewpie mayo in the house, that's the one. You could probably use other mayo, but you should probably try and get Kewpie. Yeah. David continues, Josh, I want to thank you and the HRCC VE team for letting me pass my technician exam. The way you said that bothers me a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I took the test. Well, first, congratulations. Congratulations. I took the test in the bathroom and the VE group asked to see the space I was in. One of them commented they were glad I was wearing pants. (laughs) After I passed my technician test, they asked if I was ready for the general test, which I also took and passed. (gasps) Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Then they asked if I was ready for amateur extra. No, I was not. My call sign is Kilo Jackson 5 Delta X-Ray Sierra. Nice. That is exciting. A twofer. In celebration of my achievement, I wrote a song, Sweet Baofeng, to the tune of Sweet Jane by the Velvet Underground. Artistic license was taken. That's funny. But here is the SoundCloud link. <gasps> what? We got a song? Yeah. Do you know this song by the by any chance before we start this? Sweet Jane? No. Okay. What From the should... Velvet Underground? Are you familiar I'm... with the Velvet Underground? Yeah, I am familiar with the Velvet Underground. Is it just because of Anthony Bourdain? <laughs> possibly yeah i had a feeling <laughs> but i i don't remember any of their songs by name i I'm... am excited let's do it all right I've, I've got to log into soundcloud and it is throwing up like every single one of the things that it could possibly throw up to get me to subscribe to something we're now going to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, no. It says it can't be found. <gasps> the link's uh, broken? Yeah. Oh, no. Let me try it one more time. By the nope, way. It's broken. Shout out to uh, Mike Glover for being on the freaking Joe Rogan podcast. That was so good. It was a really good episode. Speaking for someone who doesn't really listen to Joe Rogan. I was just happy to hear my clover. <laughs> so I see a lot of Joe Rogan clips and I watch those. The clips are not bad. Yeah. I'm I'm down with the clips. Like there there's tons of great people who have been on Joe Rogan. Yeah. And Joe Rogan is actually a very talented interviewer. Like yes. he's very good at. It. There's yeah. obviously he's he, he's got a, an amazing he's got a very popular podcast. He asks the everyman question. Yes. And he, he he does a good job of like going a couple steps deeper than just that like surface level question. Mm-hmm. It's it, it it he he does a good job. I just don't Fair. listen to him very much. Well, he's David... got like a three hour podcast. Who's got time for that? <laughs> Not when you're recording one. <laughs> I mean, right? David signs off. Thanks again for pointing people in the right direction in amateur radio. Seventy three, David KJ five. Oh, thank you, David. DXS. You were thank too kind. you so much. And David, will you send that link again, or you could even email um, the file if you if you want it. Unless you really want the hits on your SoundCloud, then please send it again, and we'll play it 
next week. Yes, please. Yeah. The next email is titled 10 Cloverfield Lane. Thank you. I, I We haven't got much feedback on the video. Yeah, the we're movies. thinking maybe the movie thing is not as interactive. Yeah, maybe as it's we not. It I don't be. know. Yeah. I, you know, it's okay. It doesn't have to be a thing. And this is from Eric, VA3FYB. Hey, Josh and Leia. Eric, VAF, uh, VA3FYB here maybe. again. I Vibe. Five. He's just out here fiving. He's just out here fiving. <laughs> I, I it's know. a vibe. I know I already emailed in the podcast this week, but no, I just finished watching 10 Cloverfield Lane for the first time and had to email back. It was your first, first time. Excellent. I also watched Cloverfield for the first oh, time before totally watching 10 Cloverfield Lane. Also a great movie. And you were and he was confused through most of it. How does this relate? Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a film. I know this movie is from a week or two ago, but I've been catching up on podcasts and had to add this to the conversation. No worries. Excellent. It's still the highest scored. Leia, I think your theory about purposefully abducting the girl because she is small and can fit in the air vent to restart the system, he likely would have been aware of the problem. Yep, I but I right. think this might be an added side benefit and not the main reason he abducted her. Oh, we, I, we I think so, too. Yeah, sure. I think it's fair to say it was a purposeful abduction and not a I saved you from an accident scenario like Howard proclaimed in the movie. To me, it's obvious from the familial construction of the bunker to the dining room table scene that Howard yearns for some semblance of a normal family life, which he obviously doesn't have. I think the main reason he abducted Michelle is to replace his daughter, whatever happened to her, and the girl before Michelle was maybe the first or not girl he abducted to replace his daughter. That's very possible. Mm -hmm. Continuing this thought, I didn't hear you two mention this scene near the end of the movie and wonder if you missed it. When Michelle escapes and is hiding from the alien in the chicken coop, she finds the dead woman who tried to get into the bunker earlier on. Yes. During the scene, when Michelle first sees the dead woman, the camera zooms in on the woman lying there dead, but then focuses on the dead woman's left hand and behold, a diamond wedding ring. Now, this could have been a coincidence, but what is the point of focusing on this on such a small thing if it didn't add to the story, even if in a convoluted and Easter eggish way. My theory, this is Howard's wife. That's wild. Who else would he have told about his bunker? Rule number one about bunker is that you do not talk about them unless they become useless and vulnerable or less they become useless and vulnerable. But if this is indeed Howard's wife, it begs to question, where is his daughter? Was his daughter really taken away from him, like he said? We already know he is willing to lie to give the abduction explanation scene or the scene where Emmett says the photo of the girl is not Howard's daughter, but some girl he went to high school with that went missing years back. Wow. Maybe his daughter died after being taken to Boston. Maybe he did something to her. Maybe she died as an adolescent in the farmhouse. Maybe he didn't even have a daughter at all because they couldn't conceive. People will move halfway across the earth to escape trauma, understandably so. And one of these reasons could justify Howard's wife leaving. Nevertheless, I'm sticking to the theory that the dead woman was Howard's wife and something happened to his daughter because she didn't show up with her mom and that he had been abducting girls to replace his daughter, whatever happened to her. But then that also kind of gives an air of credence to where that woman switches from like, let me in, let me in, to... 
now getting mad at the girl for being in the bunker or not let just not letting her in like who are you right right like that she was entitled to be in the bunker i mean you could see that her yelling could be entitlement versus just like desperation right oh that's interesting well very interesting uh, uh thought on that so for Howard's daughter, he could she could have easily been estranged. But you remember when the woman shows up, she's already pretty messed up. Yeah. So, so she could have been driving from Boston. She could have got infected somewhere along the way. Or something happened to the daughter. Right. Already it, in yeah. the traveling. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's completely logical for that to happen. It's, so I, maybe I buy why, in. Maybe that's why they left Howard because he was bunker crazy. Or and that's here's another knew. theory. Mm-hmm. What if he became bunker crazy as an escape from losing his daughter? It's all completely plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of things. But I, I, I buy into Eric. Yes. That is Howard's wife. That is how I will recollect this story. We are, we are now creating conspiracy theories. We're creating the lore. Yes. It's lore. It's lore. It's a game theory. Anyways, I've rambled on way too long, and I've already sent you guys two long emails. Sorry about that. Do not be sorry. That is the uh, the beauty of the podcast for us, to have the conversation. Just wanted to point that out. I love finding Easter eggs like that in movies and yeah. extrapolating from it what may or may not have happened. Very attentive. 73, all the best, Eric, VA3FYB. You did it. We're, we're in. We're in for your lore. I like it. The next email is titled Ham Pot Pie Recipe. Yeah. Okay. And this comes from Josh. Josh Bordner. There's a lot of Joshes on this podcast yeah. today. Hello, Josh and Leia. I will first start off with I thoroughly enjoy your podcast and YouTube channel. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for listening and so watching. Kind. Although I am not a licensed ham yet, I am using your resource as a reference and accompaniment to my current online study guide as I prepare to take my tech and possibly my general test in a few weeks. Good luck on both. Indeed. I uh, I bet you nail it. We're going to be ringing the bell for you. I started at the beginning of your playlist on Spotify and have some twist of fate Spotify loaded your most recent episode. Mm. I had to chuckle a bit when Leia spoke of Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania ham pot pie. Having grown up in central Pennsylvania and in a close tie to the Pennsylvania Dutch traditions, my family is very familiar with this dish. Okay. And it is still a must-have comfort meal in many households. Okay. I have not found this dish has traveled much beyond the Pennsylvania community and popularity as the traditional meat pies seem to have a hold on the name pot pie elsewhere. Okay. I will enclose a good, simple recipe I found online, but it is essentially a bone-in ham... That is cubed. Thank you. Okay. That is clarification that it was because I was like, Cube. could you use any form of ham, like breakfast ham, deli ham slices? Just, like, just does slices it, of ham. Yeah, like <laughs> some bone meat. in. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're here. Bone in ham, cubed potatoes, eggs and flour for homemade noodles, almost like a dumpling, oh. some milk, salt, pepper, and maybe some parsley if desired. I currently live in Rhode Island and make this meal quite often during the winter months. Here's the simplest recipe I found, and it is pretty much how I make it. I'm going to pop this recipe open real fast, and it's called ham pot pie. That is, yeah, this is, see, 
this is absolutely a consistent dish. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm in. That sounds delicious. And I have been wanting to get into making more homemade noodles because of the plethora of all-purpose flour I have to work through. That's It's going to be great. So did, did we talk about the whole Pennsylvania Dutch thing? The Panamites? No. Since it's come up twice. Have we talked about that on the podcast that, like, Americans are confused on Pennsylvania Dutch? No. What are they confused about? What Dutch is... settlers in Pennsylvania. Okay. So then they are confused. Dutch settlers in Pennsylvania. Yeah. What's Germany called outside of the United States? Oh, is it Deutschland? It's the Pennsylvania Deutsch. <gasps> no. Isn't that crazy? This whole time we've been assigning the wrong country to them? So I was talking. That makes sense, though. It was a Cub Scout meeting, and I was talking about how there are many countries outside the United States that we don't actually use the name. Germany is what we call Deutschland. Yeah. In China. Japan is Nippon. Yeah. So it turns out. Looking at the Pennsylvania Dutch uh, Wikipedia, the Pennsylvania Dutch also commonly referred to as Pennsylvania Germans, largely descended from the pal oh, from the Palatinate region of Germany and settled in Pennsylvania during the 17th and 18th and 19th century. While most were from the Palatinate region of Germany, a lesser number were from other German-speaking areas and uh, uh, and Europe, including, and there are German words there, the Pennsylvania Dutch spoke Palatine German, it's Palatine German, and South German dialects. Uh, so yeah, historically, Dutch referred to all Germanic uh, dialect speakers and is the origin of the Pennsylvania Dutch. Its English translation Pennsylvania Dutch was caused confusion in recent times as the word Dutch has evolved to associate people from the Netherlands. Wow. Isn't that crazy? When, oh, when, man. Yeah. Isn't that wild? My mind is blown right now. <laughs> yeah. The Pennsylvania <laughs> Deutsch. And they called them Dutch because they, Americans like didn't have the nuance of Deutsch sure. versus Dutch. And so they're like, oh, yeah, all these people are Dutch. Wow. Isn't that freaking wild? All right. How many minds were blown on the podcast just hearing that right now? I'm kind of upset because <laughs> I that makes sense. Uh-huh. Because there's And if you think about the German like uh immigration and yes. how there's so many American macro beers yes. that are all German yes. and the German influence, how much like you, you mean to tell me that we just, just erase some... them in Pennsylvania? <laughs> right. Like... There's some pocket of just Dutch that never expanded <laughs> and, and everybody's like, Oh, it never really got outside of this area, all this Dutch stuff. And it's well, like, because it was never Dutch, it was German. <laughs> wait. Isn't that crazy? But what about the Dutch in California? I mean, because different, different, yeah, different, different, not necessarily the same thing. Yeah, because in our defense, most of what we are Cerritos came from, we are defense. No, most of what Cerritos came from was farmland that mm -hmm. was actually Dutch farmland. Mm -hmm. That's why we actually have a 
a Holland America store that ships worldwide, yeah. but it's based out of this area. Oh, I, I have no question that there are people from the Netherlands that have also migrated at some long, far off time that have their own pockets of influence. I'm just saying. Well, that's what that I'm saying. Maybe thing... I thought that maybe there was just a pocket of Dutch in Pennsylvania. Okay, but I guess not. Isn't that wild? All right. Yeah, that is wild. Well, Josh signs off in conclusion. Thanks for all you do for this hobby and keep putting out entertaining and informative content. I hope to make some radio contact soon. Regards, Josh Bordner. Josh, good luck on your test. And thank you so much for the recipe. I appreciate it. It's so crazy. The next email is titled Radio First Aid Hash and Beans. And this comes from Give It the Beans, Drew. Give it the beans. Hello, Leia and Jason crossed out Josh. Thank you. Appreciate. <laughs> I hope this email finds you both well and my long absence hasn't concerned you. I was actually a little concerned. I don't yeah. know from our trail builder in a while. I, I have given it significantly less beans between emails. <laughs> we Middle Tennessee folks have been dealing with some unusual weather. First, it got kind of cold, below freezing for a couple of days. Then it snowed. Then it got really cold, as cold as negative six highs in the teens. Wow. Okay. That's proper cold. Chilly. Yeah. And stayed that way for a week. Good times. It warmed up so everything could start melting. Then promptly deciding raining three inches would be a good thing. So the freeze thaw It's a real Martha Stewart good thing moment. As well as the snow melt and the rain mean that simply walking across the yard, which has a good layer of grass, leaves size 12 impressions in the ground nearly half an inch deep. Oh, no. I'd like to buy some drier weather, please. Yeah, I I can imagine. Indeed. I. That's very wet. The, I think it rained either yesterday or the day before. And the kids were like, I wish it would stop raining. <laughs> It's like two days of light rain. How, how dare it? <laughs> the audacity. Anyway, I need to bump the radio content for this episode. So here we go. One of the secrets I've kept from the HRCC uh -oh. community until now is that I enjoy kayak fishing. Oh, dude. That's kayak fishing. Blast. Yes, absolutely. Part of the reason I haven't mentioned it is if you can believe it, my entire involvement in the community has been in the span of time my wrist has been either injured or recovering. Uh. And the recovery is going well enough to make me think about fishing again. On safety aspect, I never considered before. One safety aspect I never considered before is radio. Of course, now I've been thinking about that. I mostly fish backwaters off of the many lakes we have in the area, hmm. courtesy of the TVA. As such, there the is always time variance anomaly team authority. Time authority. variance authority. You know what? Don't worry about that. <coughs> like Loki's got you. Yeah, you're good. As such, there is always at least a dam within 10 miles or so, but also potentially several barges and a multitude of other small craft that may have radios, mostly marine radios. Sure. I thought briefly that I could use a two meter HT and hit a repeater. Then I realized that from the two places I put in most often, I can't hit a repeater with an HT. Oh, okay. But I could most certainly raise a dam and or lock control house 
or another boat with a Marine Band HT. So I started looking at them, and the only brands I recognized were Cobra. Yes, they make CBs too. Oh, I know the answer to this one. And Icom. Icom, baby. Hardly looking at them. Oh, sorry. Uh, hardly anywhere I could find the Icom radios had any reviews, while brands I did not recognize had many reviews. But being familiar with ICOM, I can't imagine they make Jung Marine Band HTs. I mean, they wouldn't do that, would they? Did you watch my video? My, I think Ray is actually covers Marine Band radios too. So in Ray, we trust, and I don't think they would do that. I'm waiting for the hook. Yeah. Is he going to talk about watching my video? My budget is about $300 for this, with waterproof and floating being mandatory and easy uh, to find. But I was wondering if either Josh or the HRCC uh, community had any recommendations or reasons why I should stay away from the Icon you, radio. Oh, my God. I can't wait to tell you the answer to this. <laughs> All right. So I, I talked to Ray. Like, he, he and I talk. And he's like, hey, I'm going to be out in Anaheim. What are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. What's going on? He's like massive boating show massive and I'm like, boat show ray i i, I am a, i'm a fan of boats <laughs> but what what do you got going on and yes leia hinted at this ray ray is now the uh director of marketing for not only amateur radio but aviation radio mm -hmm. and uh naval nautical what do we had on a hat on a hat yeah oh yeah this is three hats <laughs> so he he's like yeah dude come out i got a booth the whole setup so imagine if you will if anybody has been to a ham fest where icom is at and ray they have these uh shipping crates that bolt up they're like they just unbolt this thing and it's their it's their whole setup how do they roll it into the show it's on wheels oh yeah they literally have a booth in a box and they literally so drag smart. it out they plug power into it and it's done i bet that was ray's idea oh it's gotta He's be so smart. it's gotta be so they've got the same thing for all their naval radios. Okay. And I go there and these so imagine if you will here's your here's your collaborator outside the Venn diagram kind of thing. I know of radio, but I have very little context of marine radio. Right? Like I I I don't know. Like I don't know what this is all about. And so I'm literally looking at his booth and it's all these radios that Icon make that I have never seen in my entire life. And so I'm like, Ray, we got to do a video of just you explaining like all of this. Mm -hmm. I, you can you can look up uh, Anaheim Boat Show mm. on my channel and you will see me just walking through all the uh, ICOM radios. ICOM has floating handhelds. Amazing. Not only that, they have distress beacons built into them. That Definitely has a needed. little plastic lever that you lift up and you hold the button down. It starts to transmit the emergency beacon automatically for you. So smart. So it's all set. Like it's like, yeah, they have I think they have three or four different handheld options for marine radio. Well, there you go, Drew. I'm like out here like, what's the term? Nautical marine radio? <laughs> it's marine radio. I, I don't know what's going on. OK. Well, Drew says, okay, enough of that. On to some first aid stuff, which is funny considering the amount of first aid content in the last couple of podcasts. My harrowing tales of near-death experiences yeah, yeah. <laughs> while building trails across the Southeast are basically things of legend by now. A little bit. 
<laughs> As such, you might find it surprising that the entire time I have been building trail, I have felt somewhat negligent regarding my first aid kit. I that mean to scares say, me, considering how many times you have been in harrowing situations. I mean to say, I've always had some Band-Aids. I mean, <laughs> adhesive <laughs> bandages yes. and some gauze and sterile wipes. Oh, okay. And right. usually there's some bleed stop on a job site somewhere. Somewhere. But typically. <laughs> Whenever you get an arterial wound, bleed stop is somewhere at the campsite. Yeah. But typically, this stuff hasn't all been in one place. I've just changed all of that. Recently, my trusty Dekine Builders Pack started to tear out a seam on one of the shoulder straps, mm -hmm. rest in peace, and I began looking for another pack solution. Thanks. I think my wallet refuses to be party to thanking him. To Thomas K4SWL and his well-known bag addiction. I ah. discovered Mystery Ranch and wouldn't oh, yeah. you know it, the hotshots who fight forest fires and trail builders have a lot in common have a lot of common needs in a backpack in a pack so while not inexpensive by any means i picked up a hot shot pack which comes with a mole connection pouch or mini pack for fire shelter in the event of a in the event a firefighter is run over by the fire do you know what that is leah no oh my god this is also harrowing uh, wildland firefighters will carry a personal fire shelter. Oh. It is like a tarp mm -hmm. that they can like, you know how I was trying to explain to you how I like to take the comforter uh -huh. and, and get it under my feet? Yes. Get me all cozy like? Uh -huh. So it's like that, but it's your whole body. To protect you from fire. And the fire, the wildfire is literally rolling over the top of you. That's crazy. The heat can get to the point that you could bake inside of it like a baked potato. What? It's like the last ditch. Potato bag? If you can't run out, if you can't run away from the fire, uh -huh. you have to ditch into this shelter thing that wow. you carry. Like absolutely frightening. There, there are stories of people that have had to deploy this thing, and it's wild. Adam will talk about that. He, I think he knows people. I'm gonna ask Adam about yeah. that. Drew says, since I intend to stay far away from fires to never need a shelter, I started looking for a bag with some organizational properties that would fit in the same location. Mm -hmm. Not only did I find one, but the mole kit it comes with has four quick disconnect buckles, so easily removable. Nice. That pack is now filled with not a comprehensive list, band-aids, gauze packs, medical tape, duct tape, a triangular bandage split, a cat, split. and a Sharpie. Splint. <coughs> Splint. Splint, sorry. Several packs of bleed stop, some decent bandage scissors, alcohol wipes, antibiotic ointment, sting relief, and just about everything else you could want, including instructions on how to use the complicated parts just in case someone besides me is using it. I don't stake any claims to be an, being an expert, but I have a cousin and a good friend who are EMTs and they both have given me a fair amount of instruction. While all of this comes at a price, nearly $300 for the sub pack and the first aid supplies combined, mm -hmm. it also comes with something I hadn't had previously. And that is the reasonable confidence that I can at least keep someone alive long enough to get them out of the woods. I have one recommendation to think about. And so if I would not be surprised at all if he's ever carrying a chainsaw with him. Okay. Right? Think about it. You're, mm -hmm. you're building trail. You may have to cut 
a limb, a tree, or whatever. Sure. If you are carrying a chainsaw and you're not carrying or you're not wearing safety chaps Mm -hmm. and considering the weird angles you might be coming at a tree or a limb, Mm -hmm. you might want to seriously consider adding a tourniquet, one that would be for your leg. Isn't that a cat? Oh, did he say cat? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, You might want to isolate those items in a quick access pouch. Well, that's what he said. It comes with four quick disconnect buckles. No, I think that's the whole first aid kit like comes out. Oh. I'm saying a small pouch, like the size that you might put like a point and shoot camera in. Mm -hmm. They make them that are all red specifically for blood stopping. And you put the cat and you put the blood stoppers in that in case you have a traumatic situation. All right. Well, it. Drew says, I can't decide if that pun was intended or not, or just convenient. At any rate, this podcast should enjoy no small part of the credit for pushing me over the edge on putting the kit together. Oh, thank you. I hope you you don't have to use any of the most serious parts. Oh, seriously. Yeah, yeah. no. But you got to prepare. Yeah. Now, oh my gosh, this has gone on too long, but that Pennsylvania potato ham noodle soup. Never heard of her. We do a potato soup with ham in it and ham bone and bean soup. As much as I like noodles, I'm not sure either soup would benefit from them. Save it for the chickens. Also, as far as corned beef hash goes, nearly anything mixed with potatoes is hash. We frequently put a roast and potatoes in the crock pot. Okay, it's an Instapot on slow cook mode these days. I love the Instapot. Mm-hmm. All the time. For supper and the next night, we chop up the leftover roast and potatoes, add some poultry seasoning, and call it hash. This goes over fresh baked biscuits with hot sauce and Bob's your favorite uncle. Oh, hmm. I bet you all might like my uh, habanero hot sauce, garlic habanero hot sauce at that. Mm. That sounds delicious. Thanks for all y'all do. Till next time, 73 Drew K O 4. TWQ. Well, first, that sounds delicious. Oh yeah. And uh second, I you know what? I think I think Drew, you should try the Pennsylvania ham soup too. Oh, it's gotta be great. Yeah, I think so too. The Pennsylvania Deutsch, that is. And good job on that first that first aid kit. <laughs> the next email is titled Question about ham uh, about radio adjacent hobbies. Okay. And this comes from Jim KI7URL. It's straight Oh, up the we way. got some yeah. hot bangers for suffixes today. Good morning, Josh and Leah. I was wondering if you had ever gotten into drones. And if so, have you ever looked into getting your FAA Part 107 yes. license? Yeah. You I, it. Go ahead. Okay. Absolutely. I want to use more of that drone footage on my videos. Like, could you imagine Utah Lake? I'm flying a drone around. I can use that. The problem is I need that license to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And I've heard from people that it's easy and I've heard from people that it's hard. I'm sure it'll be fine. Go ahead and get it. Okay. I have been toying with the idea as a side hustle to do some real estate photography. Also, since drones are expensive, it might help me purchase a new drone without breaking the bank. Exactly. Then you can write off the drone, you see. Mm -hmm. I have been looking around and have found the ASA remote pilot test prep book and was wondering if other radio operators had any suggestions on other resources for an experienced drone pilot who might be getting into the commercial realm. Well, if anybody has some, uh, drop it in the podcast channel or write in. 
I can't answer because I'm not experienced, but there are so many YouTube videos about getting your license mm -hmm. that cover a ton of... Imagine my channel for drone piloting. Oh, yeah. There's a ton. Now, on to something radio-related. I have moved, and in the hustle and bustle of moving, starting a new job, having a child, and just life in general, congratulations on your little Hamlet and your new job. Hamlet. And moving. I have failed to set up my regular radio station. Plus, my location received about 16 inches of Ooh. snow immediately Ooh. after Christmas and have been repeatedly dumped on since. The cold has not been very conducive to me working portable either. You know, don't feel bad. Mother Nature is just like, you need to chill. Have you heard of Herkle Durkling or bed rotting? What is Herkle Durkling? It's... I think it's just bunkering down in your bed. You just herkle your jerkle. That's <laughs> if you say it that way, I'm thinking something totally different. No, that's it's like bed rotting, I think. That's like where you just lay in your bed doing nothing. Have you considered doing nothing? Yeah, that's what Mother Nature wants us to do. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Loving my new location, but I'm starting to grow tired of the persistent snow and cold. At least this week, the temperatures are finally above freezing for the first time this year. I'm hoping to build a small window pass through and hook an end fed somewhere outside my office window and get back on the air with some regularity. Well, good for you, but also you can just herkle durkle. I think it's okay. I, I love the idea of you building like a potato gun inside your house and then just <laughs> opening a window and just firing off an antenna line, never going outside at all, <laughs> blasting it into the ether over some trees and be like, that's got to be good enough. <laughs> just do it. I got it. it I, I got it up. That's it. The antenna's up. Yeah. We're going. As always, thanks for all that you two do for the radio hobby. Jim, KI7URL. Thank you, Jim, and best of luck with uh, the cold operations. Cold operator. The next email is titled Vertical Antenna Question, and this is from John K7 ESQ. Oh, thank you, John. Hello, Josh and Leah. Thank you both for all you do for Ham Radio. You're welcome. Well, thank you to you. I look forward to each episode of your podcast. Well, thanks for listening. Yes. And to Josh's videos on YouTube. Thanks for watching. I appreciate you watching. You guys have reignited my joy for ham radio. Oh, oh that's nice. very nice. I'm consider getting I'm considering getting the DX Commander Rapide. 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 I'm gonna start antenna. calling it the Rapide. <laughs> like the Bula. Yeah. Just say whatever it is wrong. <laughs> However, given the layout of my property, I may have to place it up against the side of my house, which is two stories. Mm. Would this location degrade the performance of the antenna? Would it prevent effective reception and transmission of signals coming in and out, getting on the side of the antenna up against the wall? What if I told you yes, but if you have no antenna? <laughs> then you're impeded then all you're the way around. everywhere <laughs> at all times. So, yeah, absolutely. If you ask Callum, he'd tell you, like, yeah, sure. It's it's going to impede the transmission, in like, literally up against your home. Yeah, RF is going to get absorbed by your home. But if that's all you got, man, then yeah. that's what you do. Right. And it it's still going to work fine. You yeah. can still make it work. I, I would get it as far away from the home as you can. And if that's feet, that's fine. You can still tune it up. It won't be a problem. 
You still make it work. All right. Well, John signs off. Thanks and keep on hamming. 73 John K7 EX ESQ. Thank you, John. And now it's time. It's the I like that little flourish you did with your hand there, too. Imply it is the last email. The last email relates to the. Uh, what do we call the mail depot? The Did mail you depot. get the king cake? <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. And this comes from Edward. Thank you so much, Edward, for this. Edward, we are we are impatiently monitoring the yes. box for the king cake. Hey guys, just a quick email about the king cake. You hopefully it, <laughs> you hopefully got to use safe and sound. Hopefully tomorrow. I'm very excited. It has not. Watch out for a plastic baby. These are normally hidden in the cake, but I wonder if they leave it out for the ones being shipped. What? Why? Now, uh, now I'm thinking maybe I have had a king cake. It's a big it doesn't donut matter. Cake. It's a big brown cake. I think I may have had it. I, before. I would be shocked if you haven't had a king cake. It's the one that has like the colored sugar. Yeah, the yellow. but it's been so long. It might as well just be the first time. You know what I mean? It feels like the first time. Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's very nice of you. Very nice. King cakes are a carnival tradition here in Louisiana. Yes. The carnival season runs from King's Day, 12th day of Christmas, until so Mardi Gras. Fat Tuesday or Mardi? Yeah, okay. When the season begins, the top king cake makers sell out their orders and you will see queues of people outside their bakery every That's morning amazing. trying to buy one. Traditionally, the cakes would be served at parties and have a bean hidden inside. The person who gets the bean becomes the king of the next party. Today, Meaning they bring the cake. Yeah, that's, I don't mind. Uh, if uh, I'll send you back a cake. I'm the like, king <laughs> bean. <laughs> That's, I mean, the the king cakes from California can't be better than the ones in Louisiana. Uh, no. But uh, you know what? If Edison gets the cake, he's going to send it. If he gets the baby, he will send you a cake. No, he won't. <laughs> he won't? You will do it. Yes. And true. write and have yes. him sign the card. <laughs> from Edison. Today's cakes are taken into the office. And if the bean, the bean is now a plastic baby, how did, is that because it's a human bean? It's a human being. Is that why it's a baby? Because I thought it was Jesus. <laughs> but it used to be a bean. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought that was the, the Who, symbolism. Whoever gets the baby is the one that buys the next cake. So in your office, all those years of having king cake, mm -hmm. and then you stopped having king cake, that means somebody who got the baby didn't buy the cake. I, I just had... Some feeling that it had to do with the fasting and Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras, like it had some religious connotation that the baby was Jesus. I don't know, but I'm I'm it's telling you Jesus. that you haven't had a king cake since the last king cake because somebody who got the baby didn't buy the cake again. And I hope it wasn't you who got the baby. <laughs> you might owe some coworkers a cake. It is Jesus. Thank you again, Wikipedia. Okay. It's Jesus. The cake I ordered is a traditional king cake from Nona Randazzo. The Randazzo family have for generations been known for their king cakes, and oh. it's our favorite. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. I can't even so nice. express how grateful I am for this because I am literally obsessed with getting things that are from their origins. Josh, we love it. When he came back from Utah, he was like, "What do you want me to bring something back?" And I'm like, "Utah salt." I, I don't know why Utah salt. I got Utah salt. I've been I've been told. You did you did talk up a lot about the bee action of Utah and they have bees everywhere. They're the beehive state. The the highways like you know how we have highway signs? Mm-hmm. It's a beehive with the, the shape with the, the shape and it's a beehive. It's yellow and black with little spinny things. It is a beehive with the number on it. The I'm freeway signs? The freeway signs are a beehive. And you didn't bring back honey? You, I thought you were going to say you didn't steal me a sign. <laughs> That's what you we were talking about the bees. I'm like the bees are everywhere. It's all over the highway signs. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like I'm l- literally a beehive. The beehive state. I don't know yeah. why. Because the shape. I don't know. No. Do they have amazing bees? Did we miss out on Utah honey? What have you done? I'm probably going back. I what, mean, what have you done? All right. All right. Sorry. Well, thank you so much, Edward. Edward signs off 73. Edward, P.S. It's really hard to make fitness a New Year's resolution here. I bet. Uh, yeah. Did you know that there are regional versions of King Kicks? Tell me more. <laughs> French speaking countries like Northern French have Galette de Rois. German speaking countries have a King Cake. Portugal has a king cake. Is that just a different name for king cake, but they're all they're, the same cake? No, or do they no, look different? They're drastically different. Here are <gasps> images. Oh my God. They are drastically different. I got to go to cakes. Portugal Imports and try to get a Portugal cake and then send that to Edward. United Kingdom has a king cake. There's all kinds of different versions of king cakes that are not just from uh, Louisiana. And oh, yes, man. it's it's because of the religious connotation. And yes, the the little plastic G- uh, baby is the baby Jesus, sweet baby Jesus. You could accidentally bite baby Jesus or cut him with a knife. I guess <gasps> that's, that's not good. Horrible. That's not good. Would that be bad luck? Traditionally, a small porcelain baby symbolizing Jesus is hidden in the king cake and is a way for residents of Louisiana to celebrate their Christian faith. The baby symbolizes luck and prosperity to whoever, whoever finds it. That person is also responsible for purchasing next year's cake or hosting the next Mardi Gras party. So you could get out of getting the king cake if you host the party. Often bakers place the baby outside the cake, leaving the purchaser to hide it themselves. This Ooh. is usually to avoid the liability of any choking hazard. Yeah, because isn't hey. that a isn't that a thing you can't obscure non edible things inside a edible thing? That's the problem with Kinder eggs. It's exactly the problem with Kinder eggs. Yeah. So uh, what's funny is Josh. I think in his uh, desire to get me a very good Valentine's Day gift, asked me if I wanted a a weekend getaway somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, like where we would fly there, and he's asked me where I would want to go. And the first thing I said was Chicago. <laughs> Romantic Chicago. <laughs> it's got rivers. The land of romance. It's got rivers. Do you think romance when you see a river? I like bodies of water. Okay. That's but romantic my, to you? But my, my second is New Orleans. 
I think you also said New York, which I was like, that seems far. I think New York is romantic too. Yeah. But definitely New Orleans. Do you want to go to New Orleans in February? I don't know. I'm going to have to check the weather on Chicago in February doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah, that's why you hit me with that. I was like, well, okay. Or New York. That doesn't sound like a good idea either. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. Think about it, I guess. Quickly. (laughs) Come to a decision. Well, I don't know. It seems like the weather in the South is so irregular that it would be hard to tell whether or not. I'm going to go ahead and say, like, uh, California and Florida and parts of Texas are the only parts of the United States where the weather isn't. Texas is also polar vortex, man. Parts of Texas. Oh. Parts of Texas. Okay. Texas is very big. Very big. As as Jason always reminds us. That's right. So Don't mess with Texas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget the Alamo. Ever. That's still one of my favorite memes where the guy's like talking to his buddy. And he's like, I forgot. What'd you forget? And then they turn the camera and it's the Alamo. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. The fact you listen and send us feedback and comment and email and maybe even go watch the movies that we talk about watching means a lot to us. I'm going to work tomorrow. 73.